three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. The 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, episode 45, is coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I have always got my two chilling animals by my side. NES Ruler, Double Shot J, also known as Jeremy and JP. What's going on, homies? Kind of pissed we're not Funko Poppers anymore. Funko Poppers, Poppers. I like that. That's funny. But do you approve that comment? Is the question. Uh, man, I don't know what is going on with these Funko Pops lately. But I've seen like about four or five videos in my feed today of Funko Pop hauls. That's all they were. <laughs> Are you serious? People haul those? Yeah, I, don't, I, I buy like one every like four months. At I that. think what's going on is that. Uh, um, since Target's going out of sale or out of business in Canada, that they're marked down like 50, 60 percent right now, so they're yeah. getting them for like nothing. Have you went? So, you went hence to the foods? Funko Pop halts. What's that? Have you hit up any Targets? I actually went to mine uh, last week, and fuck, dude, there was. I mean, even with the forty percent off, Target's already so uh, like overpriced. So it was dropping like DVDs down to like eight, nine bucks, and I was like, fuck that, man. I, I'll wait till it goes a little higher. But it was already ravaged. Like, the place was a fucking mess. Everything was gone. So I'm sure there's nothing left. So my Target really was not good. I was so. unaware that Target was doing so bad. Only in Canada. Yeah, it's uh, two years, man. Well, what happened, just everything was overpriced here. And no one went. You know, everyone would go to Walmart because their prices were cheaper. So <laughs> <laughs> fucking Target just – honestly, dude – you go into Target and like the prices of uh, like media were so high, dude. Like D- some DVDs would be like twenty six bucks. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Who the fuck that's is going to pay that for a DVD? Like it, it just didn't make any sense. I I really only ever bought like one or two things from there, which were you know the odd thing that was actually priced well. But no, no, people didn't buy. It, apparently, it was high priced everything. Like even the toys and I never bought all the anything other- at Target. Yeah, like all the things that people go to Target for was just, you know, you can go to Walmart and get it for way cheaper. So I don't know. That's like when when I would go to like my local FYE at the mall and they would have like a Scream Factory Blu-ray or something and it would be priced at like $29.99. I'm like, when do they like give up and just lower the price? Like does does it do they do they actually like sell like one or two of those like every time they they put the prices that high or, or what? Like I always wonder like like they have to at least sell them like once every, once in a while, right? If they're pricing them that high, and that's like that's how I feel when I'm shopping online and on Amazon. Like, you know, we've got this uh, invasion show coming up, and um, I'm looking at getting the the all of release of the invasion of the body snatchers from the 50s on Blu-ray, 
and the Amazon.ca prime price is fucking 30 bucks. And the prime price on .com I think is like 14. Yeah, and I'm like, even with the shitty dollar right now, it's still way cheaper to get it down, you know, from .com. I'm like, what the fuck is with the prices though, man? That doesn't mm. even make sense. 30 to 14, like that's a big, big difference. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I guess really since you said shopping. it, uh, we have a Invasion of the Body Snatchers episode coming up in the – it's a while from now, but I thought it was an interesting idea. Jeremy came up with that one. We do all four of the Invasion films, and which is interesting because I have not seen any of the four. I recently just grabbed the uh, two latest ones though. Yeah, I um, I I just need the original one. I've seen the film many times, but I don't have, actually have a copy of. It. But I oddly enough just grabbed Invasion, the new one with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman, from a buddy's shop uh, this morning. Actually, he gave it to me for three bucks, so I had to go in there and grab DVD. Just the DVD. I, I it's funny because I I own the Abel Fair one on DVD and the uh, seventy eight one on DVD, so. I grabbed that not, one. Not for, a big deal, but it was three bucks. You know, whatever. Yeah, so. I grabbed that one for about three dollars on Go Hastings Blu-ray, though. Yeah, nice, nice. So, yeah, I mean that it should be an interesting show, man. I really, really dig the shit out of the first three films, and I thought it was. I've heard, I thought it was I've funny. Heard no, nothing but bad things about the new one. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I thought it was yeah. funny. Um, I think it was Derek who left a comment when I, I just mentioned that we was doing a show like that. And he's like, what is it going to be like original versus remake versus remake versus remake? <laughs> 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 I thought yeah. that was funny. That's cool. That, that's awesome. <laughs> cool stuff. So what's new in the lives of uh, my chilling animals? <laughs> well, man. I think my car crapped out on me, so you know. Oh, that sucks. Death of the ride. This happened today, didn't it? It happened. Well, it first happened yesterday, or no, two days ago, uh, when we got that bad snow out here. Um, you know, shit was like flooding and stuff, and we couldn't make it up the hill, so we left it. I guess my papa left it at the bottom of the hill, and um, when he you know started back up the next day it was like something's up with the transmission or something so he actually took it to his uh boss's shop right now and they're messing with it right now so i i don't i have no idea what's wrong with it but most likely i'm pro it's a 98 jetta that i paid like 850 dollars for so i mean you can't expect too much um so I'm probably actually gonna have to get a new car if it's if it's something that you know is gonna cost a million dollars to fix man i'm gonna cry when my jeep dies I, thought you I love say- my car. I don't want it to die. I love it too much, even though it gets 12 miles to the gallon. Yeah, those those are fun Jeeps. I'm going to cry. I thought you were going to say, JP, that you left your car at the bottom of the hill, and when you came back, your engine was just stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that usually won't run. You know, Why won't it start? Oh, wait a minute. There's Off no the engine in There's it. no engine. That's like, um, it reminds me of like Friday 2 or whatever, um, when when she has that like uh beetle and he's like well somebody stole your engine or something oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah good stuff yeah well that sucks man yeah oh, car die on you blows shit dude i've yeah. only never no i can't even say i've ever had it happen <laughs> so i can't speak from experience sorry i've probably sorry, told my jeep one I mean, but you kind of have to expect this when you buy, like, 
you know, used cars at like $850. Like, like they're not going to last you forever. You just get a new one when it dies. Um, and it sucks real bad because I was finally getting ahead. Like I was picking up a lot of the titles I wanted. I had some extra cash coming in. Uh, I was like, you know, doing real well. And now this is just going to put a huge, like, problem in my lap where i have to like get another car it's like drive me insane right now just thinking about all the all the money that i could have had and spent on fun stuff yeah that sucks man yeah because you always have cool cars mood so they never die well that's yeah i just uh (laughs) i honestly you know growing up obviously i would buy new cars because you're a fucking younger and that's what you do you buy used cars but when i got older i was like fuck this i know cars are not the best investment in the world but i don't buy cars to you know invest in them but yeah the last few that i've bought bought brand new cars so Mm. you know really you shouldn't have any problems with them but you never fucking know but yeah i probably told my jeep like six times at least six times but you know what? It's still going. That's what counts. So well, that's not so bad. Good thing my dad works in the car stuff, so he just he just handles handles it, and I go pick it back up when it's ready. But like that car's crapped on me quite a few times. It still goes. So yeah, man. what have you been up to, Mister Moods? Fuck all, man. Just I don't know. Just enjoying the awesome. No, I'm not going to talk about the weather. I'm just joking, JP. Uh. <laughs> But I will say, oh, my Lord, it is fucking nice here. That's all I'll say. Um, no, nothing, man. It's been, you know, it's it's gotten a little uh, less busy for me. So it's been nice. Uh, let my body fucking heal up. My old ass, old man body, my shoulder, my knees. I do a lot of physical work, right? So, you know, when we were just really crazy busy. So, yeah, it was nice this week. I got a chance to kind of rest up a little bit, but. Really, nothing's changed, man. Just a lot of films and of course, like working night shifts. It's it's the same shit, man. When you work night shift, you you sleep during the day, so you don't really do a lot. You know, sleep schedule gets all fucked up, and it's just it is what it is, man. You know, I can't. Nothing exciting. Nothing exciting has happened except for we finally got approved in our adoption process. So wow, getting a little That's- personal. It's only taken like a year and a half, and uh, yeah, it's just a long fucking process. That's so that's finally that shit. that's finally done, and um, yeah, so now we're just. When's it coming in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do an unboxing for that. Well, channel. no matter <laughs> when it's coming, it's going to be late in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's going to carry Yeah, your child should arrive on Monday. I'll probably get that in like <laughs> one know. to two months. Ships, yeah, in one to two ships in one to two months. So, yeah. <laughs> fucking Am- yeah, man. If There's I was getting a way. child from Amazon, <laughs> that'd be the worst. <laughs> only one warehouse. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, though, it's it's actually just a big relief because it's been a long process and kind of painful because it's just a long process, right? It's very mentally exhausting. So, but uh, yeah, everything's good. So that's exciting. You know, the end of Moot's life. <laughs> as we know it right yeah yeah it, it, no it is out. it is gonna be it is definitely gonna be a weird one because um i'm gonna be the stay-home daddy because the wife can't go off work because she owns a business so she can't actually go off so um i'm gonna be the one that stays home and it's gonna be really weird because i've never not worked in You're my not life gonna so work at all well no I'm, i mean i'll be off for the nine months with parental leave and then whatever i go back. i'm not gonna go back full time so wow but yeah, so I'll be off for that time, and then what the fuck are you one- gonna do besides jack off all day? Watch, Watch kids, up, baby. man. 
<laughs> Probably. Play, play with some kids. And I don't know, man. It's going to be a learning curve and process for me, too. But, you know, whatever. It is Boot, what it is, right? the so, daddy. Never yeah. thought we'd say that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a totally different lifestyle for me, man. It's going to be weird. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. So Yeah. But, yeah. Jeremy, what have you been up to this week? Uh, Pretty busy. I'm line producing... I think I mentioned that's why I was missing that one week a few weeks ago when we did my bloody Valentine. I'm line producing a graduate film, so that is uh, you know I'm doing scheduling and budgeting, and I'll have to handle craft services when it comes up. And I pretty much am in charge of the daily operations on the set when we come up to film. We're only filming three days, so it's not that big of a deal, but. Um, it's, it's a lot of pre-preparation of doing stuff, but on shoot days it shouldn't be as as nerve-wracking as it is now because shit's already all in the can and stuff like that. But only three days of shooting. I thought you said the budget was uh, fourteen and a half million. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some for a fucking frisk school. I film. wish. Like, yeah, we got a fourteen and a half million dollar budget. You know, it's just a small budget film. I, I heard like so many and directors and uh, writers and just you know filmmakers in general talk about. Um, you know, different things that are important that you wouldn't necessarily think are, but craft services is something that gets brought up a lot. At, yeah. Like, uh, how important that part of, uh, you know, the, well, because if you don't feed your, if you don't feed your crew, you're going to have a pissed off crew exactly. and they're not going to, and that's one and of they're... the most easiest ways to piss somebody off. But it's not even feeding them. It's trying to get something that everybody likes. Like you don't want to get something shitty. You want to get – it's like, oh, yeah, here's fried chicken after working a long day. You don't want to do that. You want to at least get them something good because if you get them something good, the next day they're going to come back and work good for you because you fed them good the day before. So you know that's the most important thing is treating your crew well and you know getting them what they need. Hell, yeah. Because if you don't have a crew, you don't have a movie. So good thing I – you know this is like a – 25 30 person crew so there's everybody has a job so it's not as stressful as it was last semester when i was making you know my own movie and i had four people helping me this is a bigger production so yeah i have two thousand dollars i have to work with so so where does the money come from the producer out of her pocket wow i know crazy Crazy. So you're all, you're already paying like a shitload of money to go to school, and then you got to fucking pay for this film. It's going to cost you an extra couple grand. It's uh, that's it's, hefty, man. It's fucked up because if you're if you're uh, a bachelor, if you're getting a bachelor's, the school will actually give you money for your budget. But if you're in graduate school, they won't give you anything besides the equipment. So it's kind of fucked up that graduate students don't get what bachelors get. Uh-huh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. That's the grind, though. Yeah, it will go. It'll be fun. It's actually a real movie. Nice, nice. Yeah, That's awesome. Cool. So, JP, do we got some news? Okay, so first up for the news, I'm not sure if you guys ran into this this week or not, but apparently Tom Savini is teaming up with Umberto Lenzi to remake Nightmare City. Did you guys hear about this? Yes, I did hear about that, and I was wondering if it was true. Oh, it's so weird. Absolutely why true. Is, why is Nightmare City getting remade by Umberto Lenzi? Well, he's just producing. Tom Savini would be directing, 
And they launched an Indiegogo campaign. Right now, there's 41 days left. They're trying to reach a goal of $200,000, and they have about $4,000 so far, which is about 2% of that. Jesus. Okay, so that makes more sense that Tom Zavini's uh, directing, but that's it's an interesting, odd choice to remake, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But... Uh, kind of curious about it i mean if it actually meets its goal and gets made i'll i'm definitely checking this out i love nightmare city if i'm I'm sure people know that out there so yeah i mean it has a whole campaign launched with like their ideas and um you know stuff about umberto lenzi but i thought one of the coolest fucking things about this was the cinematographer is going to be dean cundy who, of course, mm. we know from The Thing and Halloween and The Fog and Back to the Future, Jurassic Park. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. This guy's like an amazing cinematographer. And you could, you really see his talent in the films that he's been involved in. So is uh, Tom Savini going to be doing dual roles and do uh, effects on it too? I, Did they say anything I, about the effects? I think, he, I think they might have said that he was. Well, that's cool, man. Well, he's got a big fucking job ahead of him if he's going to be directing and doing effects. At, at oh, least, if, if at least if he's not doing the effects himself, he would be leading a team probably from the top of the line of his school or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, but that like, there's a lot of different prizes or not prizes, but like things you can buy, like the. Uh, the like they have a stale book available for like thirty dollars or fifty dollars. I mean, holy uh, shit, fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta take a look at it. Like, what is the app? Like, what is the DVD and just Blu-ray going for? Um, I believe forty-five ninety. The the DVD is thirty-five. Um, thirty-five for the DVD? Yeah, with free shipping. Or no, no, Blu-ray. Oh, great! That's so much better. Thirty-five and free shipping. The Blu-ray is thirty-five. That's actually normal price, man, for these early like crowdfunding things but then but then again it's it's supposed to be about the fans you know contributing to the and watching because yeah, you know, you're not you know, paying the, the blu-ray and dvd that you're getting out of it is just kind of the bonus so if you're giving 35 dollars, it theoretically isn't that much yeah, money you're, you're actually giving it towards the film which is yeah what us fans i mean if you're interested in it definitely support because i mean i've supported on tons of films and i i you know throw me the link to this because i probably throw in some cash too yeah well it's so. um the dvd is actually 30 which the blu-ray is only 35 so definitely it would be better to get the blu-ray it is free shipping unless you live outside the u.s Mm, so it's another 30 bucks for shipping. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's like, you get it, there's a $15 thing where you get the, uh, soundtrack, um, on digital download. There, I mean, there's some stuff there. It, like, really, the, the, the cool stuff is like the, uh, still book. Um, get the limited edition, uh, still book, Blu ray, and DVD. Um, with for fifty dollars, that seems for something that's not even created yet, seems a a fair price for the type of way you're buying it through the Indiegogo campaign, where you're donating mm-hmm. money and you're getting yeah. like it's it's essentially you're you're paying you know what forty dollars or for mm-hmm. the uh, still book or thirty dollars, <laughs> and then you're donating another twenty. To be honest, well, how much I, did you I, pay Moods for uh, the headless whatever? Now this that steel book that you have, the which one? Ah, uh, the headless killer. Is that the name of it? The orphan killer. Yeah, yeah, it was close. Um, I think it was like thirty. 
I think it was 30 or something like that for it, I believe. But I really don't have a lot of issues with, you know, putting down the 45 or 50 bucks because it is the money. Like I said before, the product that you're getting, the DVD or Blu-ray or Steelbook or soundtrack or fucking piece of zombie guts or whatever the fuck you're getting out of this, it's just a bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, the the real joy should just be contributing to the film that you want to be made. You know, that, that honestly, I really, really enjoy. So honestly, 35, 40, whatever. Not a big deal. Fifty dollars theoretically isn't a lot of money when you put it in the context of just donating to a film. Yeah, yeah. If you're getting a steel book out of it, that's awesome. But I would pay fifty bucks to see this movie get made. That's how much how has I it raised it. so far, JP? Only two percent of the uh, goal. Well, that's not a good sign. It's only that, been launched actually... for a couple of days though. But I, I was expecting it to sign. be like wait, like when Rob Zombie launches something, it's gained like ten, fifteen yeah. percent in one day. Uh, but you can pay six hundred dollars to be an extra or a zombie, and seven hundred. Oh, there's to get no associate. There's no associate producer. Ooh, credit. look! I thought this would have been kind of interesting. You get a, Which you means can get a nothing. crowd producer credit for sixty bucks. I mean, you know what that means? Twenty dollars each. We get the twenty-two shots of moods and horrors name at the end of the credits. That would be pretty cool, right? You know what that means? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. What do you mean? It means all I get to see go, my name they, at the end of the credits. What do you mean? It means ooh, nothing. All they do is go on the fucking. That's what you're paying for, man. Type your name in. It takes two seconds. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And it lives there forever. But that's the thing. Your name is there, and that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It it doesn't matter what it really stands for. It's just, hey, you watch the end of the credits, and we might even be right before Made in Technicolor, but who cares? (laughs) Now, I mean, honestly, these low, like, crowd-produced credits, yeah, they they mean absolutely nothing except for something to you. It's personal. It means something. Yeah to you but when you get up to like you know producer credits and executive producer credits and stuff like i mean you can use that as leverage in the future if you're going into the um you know film world associate producer means nothing it means more than nothing because when you sit when you come to somebody and say here i have nothing something is always more than nothing you got to get that in your head first well, mm-hmm. all they yeah. do is if they hire Tom or if they hire Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt says, I'll only be in your movie if you make Annalena Jolie an associate producer. And they say, OK, because it means absolutely yeah, nothing. Yeah, to them. But when you know, it to- means absolutely nothing to nobody. Dude, listen, it me- I'm telling you, you don't know. You're actually talking stupid right now. I'm, not I'm calling you on stupid. it because if you I'm go to anybody stupid. and you say, hey, look, I did this. Something is always better than nothing. So you're gonna say, "Oh yeah, I donated fifty dollars to you, they don't Dustin need to Mills. Know that. Her name is Torment too, and I'm an associate producer. That it doesn't mean anything. All he did anyway. was. It really does. It really but does. If you're going pi- to get a job, any little bit helps. It, even if it even no, if because all you did was give him fifty bucks, and you got the freaking producer credit. It means absolutely nothing. It... Moods, opinions. <laughs> Well, I I don't think it doesn't mean anything, but like, I mean, going back to the main point here was you're donating to a film that you want to get made. So that's what you're getting out of it, you know, but like JP said, something is better than nothing. It always is better than nothing. 
I understand no matter that, how but if you, you go somewhere and you, situation you look at, it, it's always better than nothing. Yeah, but if you go somewhere and you say, "Oh yeah, I got an associate producer credit for this movie," they're gonna look at you and say, "So what?" They're gonna look at you maybe anything. and say that. No, but if you no, use it, no, if you no, use it no, to your no. advantage and you're kind of like, no, no. you know, maybe fabricate a little bit of things around it or something, you don't even have to do that. It's still better than saying, "I got nothing." No, because if you go if, to somebody that knows what they're talking about, and if you about, go to that same it, person who knows what they're talking about and say I got nothing, you're gonna have way less less of no, any. No, because if you go if you I go to somebody so, if you go to somebody and say I'm a line producer or I've been a line producer on this movie, that means a whole of a lot more than being an associate. Why is producer. it either or? Why not both? Because it's a always, line producer uses a line producer runs the daily operations of a set and they make the budget and the schedule. You could get an associate producer for cleaning the toilets in the fucking place that you're <clears> shooting <throat> on. It doesn't mean anything. It's still initiative. Yeah, still it shows something. that you've done. The, the, it shows a lot. But you, you haven't done anything. All you did was you were married to somebody who's in the movie. No, no. If, in this case, if you're donating money, you did a lot. You made. A little well, bit right of that film by talking, donating money. But it's no, we're not nothing. talking about indie movies. We're talking about big budget movies. No, we're not. Or, we're talking about No, we're, we're talking, talking about, about indie about well. in general and especially indie because that's what we started talking about. I'm Dude, just, picture, I'm, this, I'm they're, just they're, saying they're that, looking to raise two hundred thousand dollars. This is pretty goddamn low budget. This is like indie shit. I'm just saying if you go to somebody trying to get a job in the movie world and you say that you're you got an associate producer credit. Keep on, thinking on that movie, way, bro. I'm not trying to think. I'm just telling you the logistics of it. I, hey, I think I Jeremy learned this in school last week. Too, I think Jeremy learned this in school last week, so he's, it's all fresh and so. I'm in I, film I, school. I, I think I know. I mean, of, I go and I. People, oh, I've God. Heard, don't give me that I, shit. I, I'm not giving Listen, you that shit, but I'm just saying that if you go to somebody and say you have an associate producer credit for something because you donated $50 to their Kickstarter, they're going to say big fucking deal. Why do you deal. have to say that? Why can't you just say, I, I helped produce <laughs> Nightmare Because City. what happened if they say, I, you didn't help produce. You're an associate producer. That's helping produce in, in a oh. small, you know, minuscule way, but it's still something. And okay, so if what happened you, if you say, I associate produce something, and then they say, okay, for what? And then you say, I donated $50 to a movie. They're going to say, whoop-de-doo. Okay, and if you like, – I've heard these stories time and time again where somebody says, uh, you know, uh, there was these two guys, you know, that, that both wanted the job or whatever. This one said he mopped the floors on this film, so I gave it to him because the other guy had no experience whatsoever. It's always – it's something, dude. It's something is better than nothing. And yeah, it might not be that significant, but – when you look at it, you, like you look at it in a way, they're looking yeah, for but a, PA a reason is higher to, the, to like a, P, a reason a to PA, hire. A PA is higher in the in the hierarchy than an associate producer is, and a line producer does fucking fetch people coffee and shit like that. I mean, a, a PA fucking fetches people coffee and shit, and they're higher yeah, but, than associate producer. Yeah, but some, but you know, honestly, okay, this is going back to my, you know, <clears throat> you know, music and. Honestly, some of the best fucking record producers started doing that, you know, so you have to start somewhere. Why not fucking get your name out as an associate? Whatever. Who cares what the fucking title is? It's just the, a title. At the end of the day, even, you did something It doesn't to really help theoretically matter. If you're in a studio and but you're it's not only people you, coffee and drugs, like, you're still starting somewhere. But That's it's not only what you, counts. Though, but it's something like, is better than nothing. It's not only you, I though. I totally but it's like, 100% agree with JP here. It's not only I'm you, right though, but it's like, wrong, it's like Absolutely. 60 other people that have the associate so what? Who cares? It's so still you're one, something. You're it's, one of 60 people. It's like you think 60 people are going to That's the way you see it, though. That's the wrong way to look at it. But those 60 people still have the initiative and the ambition to do something, though. 
And you know, even it's if they still didn't a step affect, in the right direction, even if they didn't affect much, it's still better than saying I have nothing. I have nothing at all. The, I just don't think you should get a credit on your on a film if you weren't directly on the set doing something. But that's just my opinion. Well, that opinion sucks. Opinion. Just say. What do you mean? Uh, not what, really. what do you mean? What do you mean if you fucking funded an entire film? You're living in Germany. You find, you know, you funded an entire film in America. You, you get a producer's any- credit because you fucking yeah. But you did. never st- you never spent one minute on the film. But that's what produced. They own everything. Producers are higher than the director. They're higher in than some everybody. cases, dude. You, dude, you you're can't. speaking to the choir here, man. I fucking know exactly what all these titles are. It works the same way in the fucking industry, in the music industry, man. I know what the what's going on with this type of shit with the money and stuff, but. The fact of the matter is that no matter how you look at it, those producers that are fucking putting the money down, mm-hmm. they're nowhere near those fucking sets. So, a lot of the times uh, they're not. Producers, JP, but you, but you you're talking said, about producers said, and associate said, producers. It's two totally said, different it things. It is two different things. Absolutely. A, the, the, you just said somebody that shouldn't have a minute on a – that someone that's not on a fucking set shouldn't get a credit. A lot of these producers and stuff, they fucking throw the money down. Yeah, but you know – they're never there. They don't do shit. Anybody that's, who that's fi- any when whoever's putting these credits together and anybody who they put on there because they feel like they they deserve it or they earned it, they should have a spot on there. It's it's not th- this idea that that like oh no, th- there should be qualifications. No, it's it's whoever they feel should be on there, and that's how it always should be. Um, every little bit counts, man. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean. I mean. Everybody has to, you know, start somewhere, man. I mean, look at look at actors. You know, fucking, you know, taking extra roles and, you know, <laughs> whatever, man. I'm sure some of those films didn't even credit them. Yeah. You know? Well, a lot, a but, lot of people have been extras before they've ever even had any type of credit at all. Like no credit in in the in the credits, and you know. It, like it's just when you say that you have something it, it it to me it just means more than than not having anything even if you say well i was in i was in i was in you know the original nightmare city it's like okay well what did you do i didn't have a speaking line i was just in the background that's still something more than than saying why well, i was never in anything i never had anything to do with any film uh, okay but what happened if you anything. say that what happened if you say that you have a piece of shit in your hand and you're saying well i got something got a piece of shit in my hand but i have something something is better than nothing a piece of shit is better than nothing you rather have a piece of shit in your hand than have nothing in your hand Fuck yeah, man! Something to look at, at least smell a little that, bit. That, that, that is that might be the silliest thing you've ever said, right there, right there. That was the silliest <laughs> thing that was completely irrelevant to what I, I mean. Was it's saying. really uncomparable. no because it's associate really uncomparable. producer, associate producer is that shit, and I rather have nothing. You got <laughs> a lot to learn, son. Let's move on. I don't know, man. I... Not not really, considering I'm doing it. Well, considering uh, anybody who thinks that they don't have Jeremy, a lot how to many learn, years do you got automatically. Left? How many years do I have left? Learn. Two semesters. Listen, I, got, I, so it, how many, so what is it? You're only in school for two years? No, I'm in school for three years. I have two more semesters. I have a year left. How come the school's only three years? It's four years. I'm a junior. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking you. So you still have two more years then? No, I have one more year left. Two more semesters. A semester is half a year. But, but I think that the idea that you, you feel like when I said you got a lot to learn and you said, no, I don't, dude. 
everybody, if, the moment you feel saying, like you don't okay, have okay, anything okay. else I take that, left I take that back. I take dude, that back. I'm sorry. Dude, I shouldn't have that, said that. Oh, that's, so, that's so bad because you got every, you've never worked a day in a real film, so you got everything to learn. Yeah, dude. That's when I came out of school, attitude. when I came out of school, when I was done, I recorded 10 demo tapes. I had worked with lots of people. I hadn't learned a fucking thing. I hadn't worked in a major studio yet. It's so fucking different. You know, I, I learned everything theory and I knew that and I knew my job really well. But the thing was, I wasn't getting paid in major studios and so it's, it changes the whole ball game changes, man. So I knew what I was doing, but I would never be able to touch a board for fucking five years. After that, we have Halloween Tony Marin documentary. He was the original Michael Myers. Apparently, somebody locked down productions and Insomniac productions feel that it's totally necessary to make a documentary on that guy, which, you know, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, there, It's going to be a documentary following the original Michael Myers, and it's going to feature special appearances by Ernie Hudson, Dee Wallace, uh, you know, a bunch of other people. And I don't know. Like, that's – that's I never thought to do that. Is this – really that there's a whole story there like there's enough to make a whole documentary like well maybe it's got me fucking curious as hell here man because like i don't know that that's interesting okay so so are they doing are they doing the documentary on the real person yeah so well the thing is i i'm okay excuse me because i'm ignorant to this situation has he done other things I honestly don't really know yeah, a lot about him. Really. I know the name and stuff. I never really looked too much into it, mm. but I think we all sound like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, because I, I, at first I was like thinking, okay, he has done – he was Michael Myers and that's like it. So it's going to document like his life and like stuff like that that happened around that film. But then I was like, actually, I don't know anything about this guy. Maybe he's been in films for you know his whole career and they're just documenting his career. Um I'm not really sure because I I'm just don't know him. I don't know what he's done. Yeah, I won't lie. I'm not really too well-rounded in that uh, that area myself. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for the documentary and you know check it out. Yeah, learn a learn a thing or two, right? So all right, never hurts. Well, guys. If you remember way back in episode five or six or four or something like that, we did the I, end I'm not of gonna the lie, year I don't. show, yeah, right? I don't either. Okay, so we did the end of the year show back then. Oh, and okay, I remember at that. the end of the end of the year show, we was like, hey, let's see what's coming out in 2014. It's going to be an awesome year. Let's look ahead. And we had some titles on there like The Green Inferno and a bunch of other cool stuff. And then we came to this one title that was supposed to come out last year in 2014. And it's finally coming out a year later in 2015. And the title is Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Let that just soak in for a second. Could that be the worst, worst. sci-fi title ever? I mean, Piranaconda is amazing. Sharknado, way more amazing than Lake Placid versus Anaconda. <laughs> Think about lake, that. That's fucking retarded. It's literally saying a lake is fighting <laughs> a snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, really, it's a... Uh, following killer crocodiles and anacondas clash in this thriller about corporate greed and science gone wrong. 
So is this made for like Schiller or sci-fi? sci-fi. Or? It's a sci-fi film that made for TV pitting the two franchises, Lake Placid, which had one, you know, really good film and then uh, three sequels and Anaconda. That's that's even debatable. That, you know, Anaconda also had four sequel, four films total. So, you know, four films each franchise. They're coming together. They're clashing. They're banging. What the hell? A lake versus an anaconda. Like, I know that the idea is like, okay, the Lake Placid is the name of the film series and Anaconda is the name of the film series. Um, but Lake Placid was just the lake that the crocodile was in. What the fuck? I know. But that's got to be the fucking stupidest fucking title I've ever heard. Oh my Lake god! Placid verse Anaconda is so. It's actually. I'm sorry if I offend anybody. It is actually retarded. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Worse than that, man. Seriously, it, okay, I mean that's such a shame that you know the croc in uh, Lake Placid was never. It didn't have a specific name. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think it did. There so was it's two. Just, there so was it's also just like two. Lake Placid. That's right, and uh, yeah, that kind of that kind of sucks. So, but, <laughs> dude, this movie is gonna suck. I'm sorry, but it's and gonna be. You're gonna pick it up for five ninety nine on wherever well, as soon as you can, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll wait. No, because you know what's gonna happen. Fucking, if this is chiller, it's uh, sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It's, it's just sci-fi. Well, I mean, they released. Um, they picked up sci-fi. Uh, Screen Factory's picked up sci-fi. Nah, yeah, but I films. don't think they're gonna. Pick We've up not this. picked up any sci-fi. Chill- uh, Screen Factory hasn't picked up sci-fi films. They haven't picked up any sci-fi nope. ones. Shit, I, they were all chiller. Yep. And it didn't pick up Cube too. God damn. I don't know what. Well, that sucks because you know if they had to release it, then maybe. But yeah, I'll, I think I'll wait till it goes in the dump in. So it's a buck fifty at Family Video. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Lake Placid two, three, and four, I believe, were all. Uh, sci-fi originals and i actually seen i, I think i seen all four of them to be all part of the sequel part two was the sci-fi one i think so oh shit i, I don't even remember that. I, know I know three and four were part four was because it was the final chapter and it had robert england in it well it's not really the final chapter obviously it's it, up it's with robert england man he's done nothing but shit Lately. Well, Robert England is actually in this film. Just letting you guys no, know. No, the fear clinic. The fear clinic wasn't bad. I talked about it last week. Yeah, but you said sanitarium was shitty. The last showing was shitty. Lake Placid Four shitty. <laughs> yeah, Lake Placid. Yeah, 4 but we was all know how this happens, guys. I mean, like they they they're just they work. They just constantly work. They get paid to be because they're a name and they're they're riding on their name. I see nothing wrong with it. I'm not yeah, saying it's I like see Danny, anything wrong. It's like Danny Trejo. Danny mm-hmm. Trejo does what? He does about 17 or 18 movies a day, I think. Yeah, he's really he, I marketable, think he, I think too. he literally holds the world record now. Him and Eric Roberts are in a battle. I, I heard that they have a bet going. I think Danny Trejo can make the most appearances in films. Eric Roberts did – he actually did 14,000 films last year. It's a fact. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I was like, dude, he was like jumping from set to set. In the same day, he would do like four or 500. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you. It's fucking incredible how those guys do so many movies. Like when you really break it down, Eric Roberts was in like 70 movies last year. It's like, what? I know he was only in a couple Not scenes. Not as much as Ron Jeremy, there. man. Ron Jeremy has the most credits on IMDb than any actor. That's funny. It re- it really is funny. He has like that these guys do this, but he has like eighteen hundred, eighteen hundred <laughs> actor credits. Well, let me ask both of you guys: What do you guys plan on doing April twenty fifth at nine p.m.? 
not watch Lake Placid versus Anaconda. It's a Saturday, so therefore you have to be watching Lake Placid versus Anaconda. I'm not going to waste my Saturday watching yes, that. Yes, you are. Because <laughs> well, we're all three going to watch it. <laughs> isn't that fu- isn't, isn't there a UFC that night? Because that's going to be Probably, very conflicting. But why the hell would I watch a UFC when I have Lake Placid versus Anaconda? <laughs> you got, do you guys smell that? I smell a hall of pain coming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's Speaking of the Hall of Pain, Pain, where the fuck is the goddamn Hall of Pain on the Well, I was waiting website? for an a honorable entry to go into the Hall of Pain when we launch it, and Lake Placid versus Anaconda is surely to make the Hall. What about Witchboard Three? There's a couple. There's a couple films in Witchboard in our you know <laughs> rating system that we've three. done that can make. Well, I mean, obviously Warlock Three. Did you just say fucking Witchboard Three? Yeah. Also, it would probably make the Hall of Pain. Witchboard 3 is not that good. It would not make the Hall of Pain. Witchboard, there's no fucking way. I don't know. Dude. Witchboard 3? Witchboard 3 is not that bad. It's not It's not Warlock wait, 3 bad. Wait, wait I'm, I'm, what's the Full Moon film? I'm thinking of the Full Moon films. Subspecies? No. Subspecies 3 is actually the best one in the franchise. <laughs> is it Witchboard? Is that the Full Moon films? Witchcraft? No. No, you're thinking Witchcraft or the... Um, Oh, I know it's what. Oh, again, not witchcraft. Oh God, there's like fourteen or fifteen witchcraft films. Um, no, you're thinking uh, witch something, witch something. <laughs> I've never. Yeah, it seen is. I've movies. seen all three of them. All three of them are pretty. Well, one of them is like a exact copy of Blair Witch. It's pretty cool. The El Rey Network announced from Dust Till Dawn season two. Uh, the last season, of course, was mainly a retelling of the first film, from what I understand. I do own the, the season on Blu-ray. I checked out a few episodes when it aired on TV. I haven't had a chance to open the Blu-ray and check out the full season. Uh, but I was liking what I was seeing. So I'm interested to see where they take it because it's going to be all new now. It's going to be you know, completely original. It's not going to be like a remake. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so they're taking it in a new direction. So essentially it's like a sequel. Uh, so that's that's nice. that's interesting. Of course, uh, they're actually in production right now in Austin, Texas, and they are going to have Robert Rodriguez direct the pilot of season two. I guess it won't be a pilot, but the first episode. Uh, and Eduardo Sanchez is directing an episode, of course, from Blair Witch Project. The guy who directed One of the Dead is directing an episode. And, of course, Dwight Little, who directed Halloween 4, will be directing episode Coolio. Yeah, that is actually really yeah, cool. Yeah, so uh, El Rey Network is a killer network, and, you know, it's cool that their first original show lasted more than a season. Um, so we got a full season two headed our way. Uh, I highly recommend the El Rey Network. Yeah, it's a shame that we don't get it up here, but uh, I'm still working on that, um, the Canadian Network. Uh, fuck, the <laughs> shit, it escapes. It, it escapes my mind right now. Do you remember what it's called? I can't remember. Oh, damn. It's been delayed. It's really been delayed. That's why I kind of – I didn't lose interest, but I just kind of forgot about it. But it was supposed to launch in December, and I actually checked on it about a month ago, and it still hadn't launched. So I don't know what's going on, but, man, the website, they keep updating it, and there's tons of great films all uncut, you know, commercial-free, shit like that. So – um fuck what the hell's the name of it i can't remember have so many movies so it's like you probably have everything that's on there uh no there's there's films definitely on there i don't have but it's just a it's just the idea that's awesome and and it's kind of really really awesome it's different watching something on tv it's a different feeling um 
so that's why I pop throw on the uh, L Ray Network every once in a while, even if it's a film like Fright Night or something that I've already seen a bunch of times and own on DVD. Uh, it's just cool to watch on TV sometimes. Terror TV, that's what it's called in Canada. Mm-hmm. It just it just came to me. So yeah, Terror TV. So after looking forward to that. After that, we have a little update on Tales from the Dark Side, the relaunching of the uh, anthology series. It, I guess it will be an anthology. Uh, but there will be one regular reoccurring character, and he's a weathered and tortured young man who is the guide to the unsuspecting who come across the dark side. So. Hmm. Is that called the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> I mean, if they went full-blown like Crypt Crypt Keeper style, that would be pretty cool. I'm thinking more along yeah, the lines of like sweet. Friday the 13th, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The series. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I'm just ex- I'm just ecstatic that it's actually coming back as an anthology series. So, I want to see. I would love to see like a lot of big names get involved in this. You know, like you know, like you know how it was back in the day, like with Arnold directing. Well, yeah, even Arnold Schwarzenegger directed an episode. But I'm just saying, like there was a lot of big names that directed. But it wasn't yeah. just the directors; it was a lot of really recognizable faces always in the episodes yeah, and stuff yeah. too. You know, that's what made it really so cool. But I think um, I think this has a lot of potential, man. So, so do we know where it's airing? It's the CW. The CW. What the fuck's the CW? Not sure. WGN. What the fuck is the CW, man? W- Channel Nine. Was it the Chicago White Sox for fuck's sakes? Like, what's going on here? The CW. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. It's WGN Channel Nine. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly. I'm not like really familiar with a lot of like TV networks besides like the main ones that I grew up watching. Yeah, so, I, I'm, yeah. CW's ca- a freaking not cable, so it's like one of the big ones. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that sounds like it could be kind of fun. Uh, I like the idea of, like, rebooting some of these older anthology shows. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's it for the news. That's it for the news. It's like four things. I know. Was there no announcements this week at all? None that I wrote down. So if there was, I, I missed them. I can't even remember. <laughs> to be honest, but all right. So, um, yeah, getting into uh, mood swings and the uh, March 10th DVD and Blu-ray releases. Um, wow. There's not a whole lot this week, but there's some gems. I have to say, some really good ones. Uh, first up from Screen Factory is a film called Dark Hall, which, going back to what we were talking about, you know, Screen Factory only picking up chiller films, isn't Dark Hall like a sci-fi one? I actually think uh, it's a chiller film. Is it chiller? Because I swear it's not, but I'll take your word on it. You probably it's know better than chiller. I do. I mean, they, For some they reason, picked I thought up it was, other I, contemporary I swear films I, that weren't chiller, but they have definitely not picked up a sci-fi film. Okay, because I actually thought I read that this was sci-fi, but it could have been just someone calling sci-fi and chiller, because it's pretty easy to get wow. the two fucked up. It so. actually yeah. is a sci-fi film, I believe. Okay, well, there you go. Maybe I read so, right then. So then I was correct in the news when I said line. they picked up a site. Okay. So yeah, Dark Hall being released uh, by Screen Factory. And it is a sci-fi film, not a chiller. Please. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. Check that out in a couple weeks. We will be, spoiler alert, covering that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, 
I'm actually looking forward to it. it the cover looks badass. That's all I got to say, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up from Vinegar Syndrome is the release of Don't Go in the Woods Alone. Yeah. Uh, I believe that actually 88 Films release either came out this week or it's coming out on the 10th. It's it's about the same, too. So kind of interesting that Vinegar Syndrome 88 Films dropping the same film at the same time. Um, but uh, I do know that they have special different special features. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of differences. And I am also – I have been advised that it's also – probably the same transfer so either way you're going to get the same picture quality if that's what you're about if you're about features hmm. well pick and choose then i guess that that's interesting so but don't go in the woods it's the same transfer because i know i've seen a lot of studios but I, that, i've though. seen vinegar syndrome um when they do their like transfers like it's usually like in in studio like they sh- they share pictures of it and stuff mm-hmm. i think maybe it probably has something to do with the fact that they're coming out at the same time mm-hmm. And maybe they're sharing rights. There's, I don't know what's going on with this one, but it is kind of weird that two companies are releasing the same film, uh, well, pretty much at the same time. Different features, of course, which are probably because of the regions and stuff. So I don't which know. Which one would you rather but have don't, if, if, like, um, well, you know, the odd thing is, man, I really wanted to collect these slasher collection ones from 88 films, but I'm having a fuck of a time getting them right now because I'd ordered you know, some through Amazon and, and all of a sudden it said they're temporary out of stock. They're not shipping. I'm having a fucking hell of a time getting these, uh, 88 film releases right now. Um, same with happened with, uh, uh, toxic Avenger three and four. Yeah. I pre-ordered those. They never did ship. They're saying they're temporary out of stock. I still have them like, you know, sitting there in, you know, my fucking in my cart or not in my carts. They're, you know, ordered, bought, but they're yeah. not coming. And I'm going, well, what the hell? I'm just having a major problem. So I'm thinking maybe I might just scratch this whole di- idea and just go after these Vinegar Syndrome ones. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, if I pick up the Vinegar Syndrome release of Don't Go in the Woods, then I'm not going to grab the 88 Films ones just to complete the you know the whole red case slasher collection thing. I don't know. So I'm kind of up in the air on this, but it's really fucking bothering me. I was actually thinking about this earlier. Because you want Splatter University, don't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. But, I mean, it kind of gets me thinking, like, is Vinegar Syndrome going to start announcing some of these other slasher titles? Like, I mean, they got Madman coming out in May, which is obviously going to be a title that fucking all of us collectors pick up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's looking forward to Madman. I saw the screenshots from it, and it looks amazing. I know Vinegar Syndrome does a great they job. Do. So They really do. So I, I'm kind of torn with this one, you know? Like, I really... I don't know, man. I might just go after don't, uh, the Vinegar Syndrome. I, I really like the company, and I'd like to support them, too. I, so. I think the Vinegar Syndrome, um, you know, piggybacking off of last year, has, like, a really good chance to make a lot of splashes this this year. Uh, it, like, really kind of establish themselves as as a releasing company. Like, I know they've done a lot of, like, the sex stuff and, and, and things like that. But, I mean, like, you know, with their release of Christmas Evil and now, you know, Don't Go in the Woods and, of course, Madman, which is, like, a huge title yeah. to, to grab i i think that i'm really looking forward to see if they can grab like other titles yeah yeah they've been yeah they've done a great job and i've even heard that the uh you know the porno stuff that they released like the transfers are impeccable what well, yeah which, which blows my mind because a lot of that shit looks really bad like i don't know if you guys ever watched like you know some of that eight seventies 70s and 80s porno vh like it looks shitty man yeah well and I, I mean, heard even, that these transfers are pristine. So even like 
in my bizarre horror world how like i'll just hear things like on videos or you know online like i remember people really like talking about their release of pretty peaches like which is hilarious Mm -hmm. i mean like for that to cross over into the horror world um it's funny uh yeah but i Mm -hmm. mean i seen screen caps of some of those and i'm like wow like they they fucking did amazing job on these porns oh Fucking blows my mind. All I just need to do Debbie Does Dallas, man. Yeah. I I can honestly say, which is so strange, I've never watched like a Blu-ray porno before. I mean, I've apparently watched like high-def porno on my computer because who hasn't? But, you know, to actually like physically have like a Blu-ray porno and pop it in your Blu-ray and be like, damn, you notice like some crazy blemish. Like high-def porno, I've never actually I'm just I'm just shocked that that porno, physical porno still exists. Well, I mean like – but you're looking at like, like pretty peaches. Like I've seen pretty peaches when I was a kid. Like it's yeah, it's it a, it's a it's a weird one, but um like it, it's it's a the popular title. Like, like it's like there's people that are like fans of that. Yeah. It's it blows my mind really because I, I I don't ever see a world where I would like collect porn. Like you know, it's just like I don't know. Like it's mm. just so accessible, and it's not something that you really go into for the story, right? I mean, so it's like. But the, I mean, a lot of those older ones did have like actual stories. Yeah, Beetlejuice, well, man. Well, porno back in those days used to be porno movies. Yeah. You know, there was actually storylines, and like now it's just clips. <laughs> you know, pretty much there's, it's just all. There's still storylines in some. I'm sure there is. Like, I have I'm, the Halloween sure porno. I mean, the best thing about a porno for me though is like, you know, a two-hour porno can last me pretty much two years because <laughs> watching a porno at two minutes at a time uh, it, it really does last a long time man. it's fucking crazy so you know, <laughs> so I, I, these people that have like you know hundreds and thousands of pornos in their house i'm like damn man you're busy yeah. <laughs> it fucking blows my mind but actually going back to you know don't go in the woods ultimately what it comes down to for me is the price. Uh, the Canadian dollar right now is real fucking bad. Importing stuff from the UK, 88 films specifically, um, it, it's costing an arm and leg. Like these things are already going for 14 pounds. I mean, with shipping and stuff, that's working up to like 35 to like 38, 39 bucks Canadian. So, I mean, wow. No, right now, no. You can grab I mean, this I, for uh, 14.99 on Blu ray. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's a lot cheaper to grab it from, you know, region one area, hence US for me. So, you know, it might just be the price thing right now for me. So if it's the same transfers, I'm cool. So, cool. but anyways, don't go in the woods from vinegar syndrome. Check that out. Uh, next up is one I've been, oh man, when Mondo Macabro uh, announced this title, I almost shit my pants because I was so fucking excited to finally have a release of this. And then they announced it on Blu-ray and I almost shit too. I was like, that's crazy. Uh, the fan from, I believe 1980, this movie came out in. Uh, I believe this does not have another release um, finally coming out. Um, yeah, and it's not like the fan from like the 2000s with Robert De Niro. <laughs> totally different film. Uh, yeah, this one from 1980, uh, getting a Blu-ray release from Mondo Macabro. Mondo Macabro, cannot fuck with that company. They are so awesome. They do such a great job with their stuff. <clears throat> Couldn't highly recommend them enough, but awesome. The fan. That, that's then, one. Of course, uh, sorry to cut you off, but that's one that uh, I've heard of before, and I've always kind of been interested in checking that one out. Like, it looks like right up my alley. Like, like psychological, like crazy psychotic teenage obsession. Like, that sounds cool to me. So, I, that's something yeah, I might. Even, 
<clears throat> uh, next up from Dark Sky Films is uh, Late Phases, which is this yeah. this release actually kind of cracks me up because Late Phases was I think the the title that was released on VOD yep. and blah blah blah. But late phases is like really small print, and then it's like colon, and then it's like Night of the Lone Wolf. Yeah, so it's almost like Night of the Lone Wolf. Actually, the title, Um, which is hilarious, because I believe there might even be a film called Night of the Lone Wolf. It it, it probably there's a movie called Everything. Yeah, but that's a long title, you know. Like, no, yeah. yeah, Of course, there's going to be a film called you know Rabid or something, like a million of them, right? But. Night of the Lone Wolf is a long title, so it, it's surprising to see if there would be another one titled that. Yeah, that sounds like a period piece or something. I'll tell you right now, like you guys know that this was like number two, I believe, on my top ten. I really like this film, so uh, I'm curious to see what you guys say about it. Reminds me of like Silver Bullet in a weird way. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It was it was just really surprising. That's why that's why why I love this so much. One of the reasons why, mm. obviously. Yeah, looking forward to that, man. I have it on order. Yeah, so. it's ten bucks. So. That, that's yeah, I actually grabbed price. that up there. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't resist. Actually, JP told me about that, and I was like, "Fuck that!" I'm grabbing that shit, man, from Dogcom. So, uh, next up, we got a film here called R100. <laughs> um, Who's this releasing this? This it actually Draft just House. blew my fucking mind. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, Draft House is released in this film, and uh, <laughs> the fucking tagline, I, it's not, maybe it's the tagline, I guess, and it says, not suitable for anybody, anyone under the age of 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's one of the funniest things I've read in a long time. That is too good. R100. Yeah. Wow. What that is, is it? It's about like some S&M uh, like, gang of ruthless dominatrixes is <laughs> this is a japanese it's a japanese flick it's so a japanese sex it. comedy which is annoyed me when i read that because i was like ah that looked cool until you said that <laughs> <laughs> uh next up from trauma we've got a fucking apparently uncut release of rabid grannies on blu-ray i thought this uh, would get a blu-ray release yeah, this is awesome, man. Rabbit Grand is such a fun film. Um, yeah, apparently it's uncut, so that's really, really awesome. It's not going for that much money, so definitely check it out. I believe it's the DVD Blu-ray combo. If you like Rabbit Grannies, got to check it out, man. Got to check it out. You're getting it moods? Oh, yeah. I've got already ordered it. <laughs> I love Rabbit Grannies. It's a great flick. Uh, next up here, we got the Canadian uh, werewolf film, film from last year called Wolf Cop. Uh, which I believe is getting a couple different releases. Like there's a Canadian edition of it and there's an American one. And I, I don't really know what's going on with this. You guys are getting the release before us. Well, we're uh, getting image. Yeah. It, image it's strange. I don't know what's up with it. The UK got the original release and then you guys, and then it's a Canadian film. We're getting it last. Go figure. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyways, Wolf cop on Blu-ray. I had a lot of fun with that movie. Uh, we got another one here called Come Back to Me. See you, Come, come yeah. Released by Freestyle. I don't believe that's true, but uh, Tense and Eerie Shocker. I don't know. This one looks fucking bad. Like, the cover is just so generic. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Really, really nasty. Um, this one actually had me kind of... Just the title, The Culling. What the hell does The Culling mean? How do you spell C-U-L-L-I-N-G. it? C-U-L-L-I-N-G. Huh. 
uh, released by Millennium. Um, it has a like a demonic looking kid on the cover, so looks awful. I'm sure JP will not be into that. Looks awful. Uh, <laughs> Is it a ghostly? No. Eh, potentially. I don't know, man. It, it's hard to say. Actually, it hasn't been a ghostly in a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Uh, next up here, uh, we got a film called Devil May Call. Uh, this is released by Lionsgate, um, starring Corey English, Tyler Maine, and Tracy Lords. Um, and the cover is just a bunch of red horns, skull red horns. Um, I'll pass. I don't know. I don't know, it man. It looks okay. Like, it just looks uh, it like, look- well, you really can't see anything about it by the cover um, because mm-hmm. it is just a bunch of red stuff. Uh, but I do like Corey English a lot, of course, from Holliston and Tyler Maine, mm-hmm. of course, from being Michael Myers. But. You know, that's something that if I seen that at Walmart, I'd probably give it a shot. If it was like ten, I love Corey English, man. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's totally awesome. Uh, next up from one of my favorite companies right now, Massacre Video, uh, releasing Evil in the Woods. So fucking awesome. Uh, going for super cheap, man. It's like thirteen bucks pre-order on Amazon.ca. So uh, if you're into your low budget '80s flicks, definitely give that one a shot. Um, this one right here. <laughs> Just, I don't know why it just kind of made me laugh, but the title is called Teeth and Blood. I don't, I don't know why it just sounded funny to me. Released by Image, of course. Only Image, yeah, but Teeth and Blood, it just, I don't know, it just sounded very generic to me. I don't know. Um, and then last up here is a flick called, um, Vampire, of course, from, you know, the 20s. Uh, released by Criterion. I don't know if this is like a re-release with. Yeah, it's re-release. Was it um, out of print? So this is like mm, No. No. No, it wasn't out of print. I think this is like a double disc version or something. There's okay. but doesn't the other one already have two? No, maybe it doesn't. It's DVD. I can't only. remember. It is DVD, yeah. Um I don't know, this is strange. I don't know what why this is on here, but I don't know. Double disc, maybe new features or something. I don't know, it's strange. Why they wouldn't just put out a Blu-ray, but I don't know. Yeah. Um but uh That's a good movie, you should check it out. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard, heard of that one. Heard things about that one. Yeah, yeah, it is a really interesting flick, actually. Really well done, actually. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the releases. Definitely a lot of yeah, really good stuff. No- notable, yeah, releases for. This I mean, week, it's man. it's I picking mean, up. Uh, it, it, there's some good titles there. Um, there actually was one that you you missed. It's like a triple pack, um, supernatural triple feature you got lovely molly the evoking and something else the last will and testament of rosalind lee which is what an awful i'm so sick of those type of titles like the possession of michael someone or like you know the the diary of emily rose you know it's i i hate those long annoying titles and oddly enough, I've heard nothing but good things about that from some really reliable sources. I too. mean, it's probably it I heard that be. I heard that movie is well, actually quite well, good. Look, you yeah. have Lovely Molly on there, which is solid. So I mean, that's I, a good. I personally pack. love that film. I love that film, man. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. I I remember watching your review of it way back in the day, and I think you you were pretty. You gave it a modest review. I think you were like above average. You I don't think you were overly impressed with it. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you remember but, um, correctly. I think I think I came in about a seven. Yeah, and then I watched it. And I it actually floored me, man. I was like, really, I loved it, man. I thought it was fantastic. So it's kind of an underrated film, in my opinion, because it's got so much. That's uh, movies, Eduardo I really, Sanchez, right? I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Good film, though. Really good stuff. So is is that it for the releases that you got yeah, there? Yeah, that, that's it. 
Alrighty, so that is going to do it for the March 10th DVD and Blu-ray releases that's, that we have. <laughs> uh, like I said before, but man, seriously, like Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, Mondo Macabro, you know, fucking Troma, all releasing shit in the same week. Pretty successful. Expensive week, though. It, it's totally expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, and Dark Sky Films with uh, Lay Phases, so awesome stuff, but... Um, but yeah, moving along here. Uh, already, JP, do we uh, we got some voicemails this week? We do have two voicemails this week, and as we you got know, as you know, that we haven't even previewed these voicemails, so they're fresh. They're fresh. None of us know what they're gonna say. It's gonna be crazy, guys. It's gonna be crazy. I'm scared. Right. I'm scared because he's gonna. There's there's gonna be some kind of question that I'm just like, I don't know the answer. Yeah, it's just gonna be <laughs> dead silence. Which is probably, you know, it's pretty common, actually. I don't, I never know what the fuck I'm talking about anyway, so. But let them fly, man. Okay, so first up is Derek. Hey, guys. Derek again. I got another question for you guys this week. Since you guys are doing a creature feature for your main review, you guys can make your own creature feature. What would your creature look like, and where would you set it, and who would you have star as your main star? Thanks, guys. Hope to hear back from you. Keep up the good work. Okay, so what would our creature look like, and what was the second part of it? What would your creature look like? Who would our main star be? setting be, and who would our main star be? Fuck, that's a hard one. Well, I... Mm, okay, I'll go, for, I'll go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my, my, main, my creature <clears throat> is going to be a two-headed penis. I knew you was going to say two-headed uh, penis. Been... I already knew it, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that weird? Um, yeah, so a two-headed penis. Uh, now, you're probably thinking my star is going to be Ron Jeremy, but no. Is it going to be no. life-size? I always <laughs> life, – life-size? Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like cone heads so, but like a two-headed dick? Yeah, man, totally. Um, of course my star is always going to be uh, Jeffrey Combs. You know he's going to be in this film because I have to I have to put Jeffrey Combs in everything because in my opinion he can do everything. So you know maybe I'm being a little biased, maybe he can't, but I believe in him. I believe in Jeffrey. He can do it. So, uh, but yeah, my creature is I don't know if that's really a creature, but it's definitely the storyline is going to be on the level of you know it's going to be modified. Something was going on in the, you know very generic type uh, scientifical modifications that were going on and it just got mutated to the point where wow we got two mushrooms on top of this you know this shaft you should see the penis documentary there's a documentary (laughs) about this guy there's a documentary about a guy in sweden who opened a museum on penises he collects penises from every mammal on earth and he keeps them in jars it's weird yeah i like the part where the american gets his tattooed penis with the flag that's pretty awesome i I watched that penis documentary it was pretty intriguing um it actually, it oddly it's, enough, made me hard. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, so and the setting is gonna be in a swimming pool. <laughs> doesn't that make sense? Isn't that doesn't that make sense? So it's gonna be like this, you know, kind of killer penis in a in a swimming pool. Maybe doing some other nasty shit too. But yeah, that's what we're gonna go with. Look so. forward. To that in the next installment of Chillerama 2. Yeah, that, that, that seems like it would fit in Chillerama right next to Wadzilla. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly Wadsworth. right. That's my answer to Wadsworth. Yeah, right it's there. part of an anthology. Because damn knows you couldn't make a 90-minute movie out of that. <laughs> so the reason why I went first is because now I want you guys to top that. Oh, I'm not going to be able to top that. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I'm kind of speechless right now. I, I guess uh, I'm going to make it about a giant vagina. Yeah. There you giant go. Giant vagina nice. that looks to eat the heads of two-headed penises. <laughs> Oh, my, mine's gonna be really good then. <laughs> I can. There's so many sequel jokes right now. <laughs> just wait. Just wait till you get to mine. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. So okay. Jam. So who's it starring? Who's it starring? It is starring Barbara Crampton, of course. <laughs> Barbara, nice choice. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I'm sure she has a nice vagina, so that that works. That works. But um, setting. setting? Uh, the ocean? I don't know. Well, I guess if he's if he's battling or you know trying to get rid of the two headed penis, it would be in a swimming pool. Yeah, then. it would also be in a swimming pool. <laughs> Crossovers, nice. Jeremy. <laughs> All right, so my story is going to be about it's going to be a sequel, and it's going to have Moods' two headed penis, and one of the heads of the penis gets a sex change and it gets filleted into a vagina, and then it's a penis and vagina massacre of awesomeness in a swimming pool jesus yeah. christ i i don't is I don't it starring no um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking about my fillet penis head into a vagina and honestly if you had said mark Wahlberg there i would have oh died that just would have been that would just sounded so funny <laughs> you're like mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That would have been fucking great, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have no idea. Who would be a good guy to play in uh, my vagina penis mutilation movie? So Derek's being all serious Ken and we Foray. just we kind of roll with... All right, Ken like, Foray is going to be... <laughs> Ken Foray, nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we are ridiculous. These sound like blockbusters, though. <laughs> All right, so oh, I believe the next voicemail caller is Brandon. So let's uh, hit up Brandon. Hey guys, it's Brandon calling. Um, so recently I received a duplicate order from Amazon UK. So I decided to be generous and um, distributed the films among fellow Facebook group members who were interested. And um, also was cleaning house on TV shows that I've either seen or just not collecting anymore, like True Blood, um, Joey Clean Season 2, so I gave that to him. So I still have Season 1 on DVD, brand new, sealed, bought it years ago, never opened it, have seen the show, not going to rewatch it. Um, so I'm offering it up to you guys as part of a um, giveaway or as a giveaway itself, if you guys want to come up with something, um, anything, even if it's just names out of a hat. If anyone's interested, it's season one of True Blood, which to me was the best season. It followed the book um, spot on and was terrific. And uh, who knows, maybe it'll spark some interest in the show. I personally loved the show up until the last episode. And after that last episode aired, I decided to stop uh, collecting the the DVDs because I just was so let down. But who knows, to each his own. All right, guys, keep up. 
Brandon being very generous, and I, I think you guys are all thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. Uh, hit us up, Brandon, and episode episode 50. fifty, right? I mean, we were actually just discussing this. Yeah. Um. So I already have roughly fifteen to twenty films to give away. So this this episode fifty is going to be a fucking blockbuster. I've t- probably bigger than our penis and vagina and hermaphrodite fucking whatever the fuck transsexual 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 shit we just came up with there um that's awesome brandon uh see he said it was sealed too right that's uh that's really fucking cool listen guys so right now i i already got a lot so right now i mean uh, i'm gonna just you know throw this out there uh we'll announce it at a better time as well and we'll keep talking about it anybody who wants to attempt to win something on episode 50 call in leave a voicemail for episode 50 and tell us what film you think is the most influential horror film of all time oh i see yeah, what you did right one. there i that's see what you did one. right there nice yeah, nice yeah. so basically what <clears throat> we're kind of getting at here is that uh episode 50 is going to have a shitload of giveaways yeah i'd say close to about 40 films there's going to be lots to give away because um yeah, I mean, if people are going to donate or whatever, we, we're going to be throwing in tons of stuff. So it's going to be a fun, epic episode. So, yeah, let's get the ball rolling on this one. Yeah, you guys definitely want to yep. get your voicemails in. You can send them in right now. Just, you know, at the All beginning, the just episode. say this is for episode 50 so we don't play it on the next film or what, or the next show or whatever. But trust me, you guys are probably going to want to get in here because you know Moods. He goes all out anyway. Uh, Jeremy gets, you know, tons of different things that, that i'm sure he's he's willing to throw in and of course i'm gonna buy some stuff for you guys as well and and honestly um we don't know how we're gonna do it if, if we're gonna just have like one person win a massive amount of stuff or you know just a bunch of people winning but um your odds are probably pretty good uh judging by the amount of voicemails we already get so get them well let's in. put it let's put it this way since we're calling out to the fans right now and asking them to phone in and you know if they want to donate and stuff why not have a voice in it? So what do you guys figure we should do? Throw out your, you know, your ideas. Like what, sh- how should we give away all these films on episode 50? Because I mean, if there really is 40 or 50 things to give away, giving it to one person, well, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I would, I would rather see multiple people get it considering multiple people are being involved in this process yeah i, I think you know I think it is I for kind of for everybody i think i think multiple prizes would be kind of cool but considering there's so many i mean really it would be nice to win 50 things but i mean seriously that's yeah. a fucking lot mm-hmm. i mean we can kind of spread the wealth a little bit here so but yeah throw out your ideas man leave those voicemails throw out any ideas everything will be absorbed and we'll we'll figure it out and you know thank thanks brandon like th- that's that's amazing like always a great great guy and uh we look yeah. forward to hearing from you every week and you know always just you know that that was very generous of him to just offer up some stuff to the group page and, and things like that and now offer um you know something for us to to give away to the listeners and the friends of the show oddly enough i have a sealed uh, uh season swear one to god i do too i have a sealed too. season one <laughs> Yeah, because I watched it when I used to have a HBO. I actually watched the season twice, bought the DVD set, and then never opened it because I'd watched it twice. And I just – the thing is I only got as far as season two. I've never seen past season two. I own the first three seasons and they're still sealed on DVD. 
yeah, I, I, you know, one, of the, I'll just eventually pick them all up and start watching them again, but not again, I guess season three on for the first time, but I've heard, man, how many fucking times have you heard this where the last episode was like Dexter fucking crickets. You're just yeah. like, Oh God, seriously. It just keeps happening over and over and over again. Not so, breaking bad though. Nope. Not breaking bad. The only show that I felt got better as it went on. I'm so fucking sick of hearing about Breaking Bad so that I need to watch that shit just so, I don't, just so I can not fucking talk about, about it. Breaking Bad. Every time I hear Breaking Bad talk, it's like... The show's it's fucking really amazing, and time, I'm not even a like TV It's like the person. only time you ever hear me not talk. It will go down like, in history why, as one why of you, the, why you quiet? the most... Why are you so quiet, Moose? <laughs> well, I haven't seen Breaking Bad. ...events in yeah. history of cinema, okay? Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ, see it. Yeah, it's a pretty epic show, and I'm not even a TV person for me to say that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking this out. The wife highly recommends it. Can you believe my wife has seen every episode and she raves about it? And season four is fucking amazing. I've never so. even watched more than thirty seconds at it. You know, I've seen her watching it, mm-hmm. and that's it. Okay, so so yeah. uh, thank you, Brandon. Guys, get those voicemails in. It's going to be epic. It's going to be cool, and it's only five episodes from now. So mm-hmm. definitely hit up the voicemail five line, weeks. Jeremy. What's the voicemail line? I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> we'll get it to you at the end of the show, but it's always in the link below. No matter where you check this video out, if it's iTunes or if it's an audio file on the website or if it's on Lords of the Channel. There are plenty. You know what's funny? The other day. I could probably memorize that shit. Okay, it's 724-426-6665. Exactly. You know what was funny the other six, six, day, six. guys? Is when I, I think it was Glenn who said, oh, there's a download link. That's awesome. You guys finally did that. You like it? Been there since episode it's so one. funny because there are literally like three or four different ways to get our show. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me that he missed it that many times. You know, who, who I think is it was that? Glenn. He asked, uh, "Oh, it's cool. You guys finally put a download link there." So I mean, I was like, "What?" Oh no, 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 no! That was Gary. Oh, Gary. That was Gary. Okay. Yeah, man. I was like. Damn, dude. <laughs> it's always on there. <laughs> Literally, the we made this show so accessible that you can get it on iTunes and Podomatic and our website and Moods' channel. And there's even other places on the internet that I didn't even put it there that it's there. Yeah, you literally type it in and it just seems to pop up on these random – man, me and JP were fucking <laughs> like doing where? this one day. We're like, uh, our website – our, our podcast is fucking everywhere. We're like, what the fuck, man? Where I don't know. It? It was so strange, man. We like kept where? coming across. I it's don't know, it's just like, like random, like, it, just Google it one day. Just Google our website, our, our, our show name. It was and, coming up in, like, playlists and, like, certain yeah. – I don't know. I mean, like, I found our videos in, like, Leprechaun playlists and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's they really are everywhere. And there's always ways to download them, you know, if you want to do it that way. I thought maybe if we Googled it, it would just come up with, like, people's trash cans or something. Like, oh, I fucking Fuck listen to that shit, man. Fuck. I don't want to hear that shit. Okay, so I believe that wraps up voicemails, correct, Moods? Alrighty, so getting into the corners report, courtesy of Rue Morgue of Weird Stats and Morbid Facts. Now, this one is coming from the issue 133 of May 2013. Uh, this is like the British horror movie issue. Um, actually, this was a really cool one. Um, now, this one right here, I'm pretty sure that uh, the JP is going to like – he might even know this fact. I don't know um, since he's such a big fan of the show. Um, I am also, but I never do this. But uh, it's a quick one. 
So composer Daniel Litch initially wrote Dexter's theme song as a part of the score for the 1993 anthology movie, The Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. Are you serious? I did not, not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was fucking. That's crazy, and it lasted up. that long. He's like, they're like, man, we need a theme, and he's like, he's like, well, I have this thing that I've been holding on to for you know ten years, ten plus years. <laughs> I thought that was super interesting, man. A piece of music that was you know originally wrote for something wasn't used, and then just fucking used it on a TV show intro. Yeah, and it's very really iconic. Cool, man. So they sh- probably should have used it in the film. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Necronomicon Book of the Dead? No. <clears throat> the anthology? Film? No. You've never seen it before? Um, it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, I think it's got four, four stories in it. Not bad, but yeah, I, I, it's interesting that music was written for that. Just thinking about it, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the, uh, the coroner's report. And that is going to conclude mood swings, of course. So. Getting into what we watched this week. Who wants to start off this week? Well, you really want me to rip a new asshole right first off? Well, you already volunteered. Uh, so all go. right, I'm gonna let's rip. Go. I'm gonna rip one a new asshole. I'm gonna probably talk about one of the worst films I have watched ever in my entire. Mm, it's pretty close, mm. and it's filmed from last year, and it's titled Wonderland. Now, this movie, I picked it up. Uh, like I don't know, like two months ago, I, I I flipped it over and I started reading the synopsis. I was like, "This movie sounds badass. Let me get out read your stuff." <laughs> like this, this is like a really, really awesome and interesting idea, but oh, it's bad. It says a new experimental dream melding drug called Wonderland hits the streets granting its users the ability to place their consciousness into the bodies of other people. Soon, a serial killer begins to use the drug as a way to live and die as other people by forcing his victims to kill themselves. A detective on the case begins to unravel the killer's methods and motivations while the latest while the latest would-be victims fight back against the powerful mind-altering drug from within their dreams. That last sentence doesn't even make any fucking sense. So, the movie's really interesting. It has a really, really interesting concept but the movie fucking doesn't go anywhere it doesn't even connect with that at all i mean there's a detective but he's in like one scene of the fucking movie and that's it and the other um 80 75 minutes is just a mesh of colors and stupid shit that absolutely makes no sense now i have watched a lot of a lot of movies in my life and i'm pretty you know i could follow movies and i can understand movies you know but this movie did not make any sense for me. And it's not even the story that didn't make any sense. When you have two characters talking and one of the characters is actually louder and the sound mix than the other, that's a huge fucking problem. Like there's a there's a three shot of two detectives and a girl talking. Or the two detectives and a girl talking. This is the only scene the detectives are in the entire movie. So you got a three shot of the two detectives and a girl talking. And the two detectives are actually louder in the sound mix than the actual girl. So you can't even understand what the girl's saying because she's so low in the sound mix and the detectives are so loud in the sound mix. Now, that's just bad. You shouldn't have technical issues in your fucking movie in the first that's place. That's like Beneath like, the like Mississippi. I, yeah, like I, like I wrote on the Facebook page, like I can understand a really bad and 
terrible story. But when you have technical issues thrown in with that, oh man, it's just bad. But like I said, you it's just it does not make any logical sense whatsoever. Like I had no 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 idea what was going on. And oh man, and there's this one scene where a girl was dead on like a on a gurney and you could see her eyes flickering and it's like oh, that just bothered the shit out of me that you know, you had the sound mix, but then you have somebody who's supposed to be dead fucking eyes flickering. Oh man, it's it's just a really really missed opportunity of a film that has a really really interesting idea actually like it could have been really really interesting but the fact that the movie makes no fucking sense and it has technical issues it's just bad um i think this might be the lowest rating i ever gave one and a half out of ten one and a half fucking it's so what absolutely terrible what actually stops it from being a point five or a one The interesting idea. It had an interesting idea, and the synopsis on the back of the box is really, really it interesting. It did sound interesting. But they but so they is it is it the follow like, that? Is it more based on the like bad editing or like? Well, it's bad to me. Editing it sounds like a mess technically. It's, period. It's it's bad technically. So the rating's more based off of like a technical aspect and the, and like the, and the story. So oh, it's okay. like it's it doesn't both. make any sense. It's both. He said the only thing that's stopping it from being like. A point five is the interesting idea. With Beneath the Mississippi, the only film I've ever gave a point five out of ten, it actually had not an interesting idea either. So it literally had nothing plus all what he said. It was just a mess. Mess of a film. I'm gonna have to send you this one, Moots, and you're gonna have to watch and you're gonna have to let me know if you think it's terrible. Because Yeah. It fucking sucks. So who put that out? Like Phase I don't get Four. The t- oh God, Phase Four, and it has that, that big crazy. a technical that's, problem. I was thinking like Echo Bridge or something. No, like technical issues. Four. Technical issues are a big fucking no no, man. It's, like if you're gonna have audio issues like that, like it's noticeable too, and it happens multiple times throughout the film. <laughs> that's funny, huh? That's really fucked. It's it's really, really, really I, I, bad. I, I fucking swear to God, I've heard people say that movie was decent, so that's wow. really funny. I gotta I gotta see this one. So this is interesting. It sucks. It sucks. And that that that's from 2014, right? Uh, yeah, 2014. Yep. That's so fucked up. Crazy. And it looks like shit too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. and and half of the movie has dubstep like in the lower sounding of the track at the like the most illogical places for dubstep to be and it's just really fucking annoying and, and that sucks. that's crazy <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little curious on this one nice nice jp okay so i will go next uh the film that i'm going to talk about is triangle from 2009 uh, this one follows a group of friends as they get on a boat, go out into the Atlantic Ocean, hanging out. The lead character, I believe her name might be Jess, uh, and she has like a mentally challenged son who's at home. Uh, and eventually their ship kind of wrecks in uh, like a storm. It's like really bizarre. It's very, uh, as a viewer, you know, right away that it's not normal. It's something that's beyond our control. It's something probably supernatural or, you know, it's called triangle, Bermuda triangle. You put two and two together. Um, and then a big like yacht comes into view and they climb aboard and, uh, they basically, 
you know, I don't know how much to say about this one, but they're kind of stuck in a loop. And w- the lead character is trying to figure That's out way to what's it. happening and why everything's looped up. If you've seen stuff like Hypercube, I know Jeremy has, it's a similar kind of idea there, just not as shitty. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so this one I thought was pretty cool. Uh, it, it constantly had me thinking and I was kind of, um, you know, wondering like how it was all going to play out and like what the main like story and point was. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that this film was as tight as it possibly could have been with, you know, the ideas that it presented us with kind of the looping and the repeating and stuff like that. Um, but it, it was kind of trippy and you were just kind of like into the main concept um, I, I didn't feel like, but by, by the end of it, I, I did like kind of how it, uh, came full circle, I guess. I, it's really, really hard to talk about this one without spoiling it. So I'm not really going to talk about it too much more. I didn't really like the characters that much and they really did just kind of feel like shells. Um, but it, the concept was very interesting and I was into that. So that's the main, you know, good point of this film. I'm just going to give it a six and a half out of 10 though. Six and a half out of ten. <clears throat> yeah, it's probably about right, really. You know, the movie's really fucking confusing too, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. But it, it kind of feels like there isn't a actual like they wasn't just throwing shit at the wall and you know using whatever hit the wall. Like they, <clears throat> it felt like they actually had some ideas about it. It was just, you know, it, it's hard to put a film like that together. Yeah, man. I hear what you're saying, brother. Um. <laughs> All right, so uh, first up here for me is um, a film from 1987. Uh, this is released by Masker Video, and it goes by the title of Venus Flytrap. Now, I will say this movie is shot on video, but it has to be one of the probably the best looking shot on video film I've ever seen in my life. Better than video violence? Uh, yeah, it looks a lot like quality wise. It looks way better. So it actually kind of got me thinking, like, is this actually shot on video? Because I was like, wow, it's the quality is really quite well. And even the acting in this film is actually not bad. Um, In fact, actually, one of the girls that plays in this film actually ended up starring in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think she played she was one of the princesses in that film or something like that. (laughs) It's so it's so random. Like, you know, this one came out in 87. So um, she's actually really fucking hot in this movie. But. Anyways, it's called Venus Flytrap. And uh, basically, if you've seen, um, you know, Last House on the Edge of the Park, which I know uh, JP has, <clears throat> this one's very kind of similar. Basically, you know, hence Venus Flytrap. Um, you know, the, the in the beginning of the film, it starts out with, uh, you know, these fucking, <clears throat> these assholes that come into this corner store. They rob this fucking guy. They start, you know, kind of beating around on him and shit like that and they're they're basically just robbing the joint anyways one of the guys is in the back trying to get the the you know the code to this fucking you know the safe and stuff and meanwhile while he's back there you got the other two um characters are you know out in this store anyways in comes these like rich kids and they start kind of ripping off the place themselves and they act like they own the place and they're just like, oh, you're stealing that shit and blah, blah, blah. You got to put that back because this one girl steals a tape or whatever. And uh, so basically she gives it back and they're like, well, you know, um, 
fucking, uh, you know, they're totally denying the fact that there's, you know, been stealing this shit and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, one thing leads to another and uh, they're like, well, we're having a party. You know, why don't you guys come by? And of course, these fucking thugs, they agree because they're looking to party because they're fucking pieces of shit really they're just like willing to do whatever so anyways they go back to this house and they get involved in these games you know darts turns into russian roulette and shit like that and um what these thugs think you know they think that they're basically going to go to this these nerdy fucking rich people's houses and basically kind of take over the joint and rob them and shit like that and it doesn't quite turn out like that so it's basically the story um now, my thoughts on this one, <laughs> uh, I have to say, man, this one really surprised me, man. You know, for a shot on video film, you know, it's obviously really low budget. The acting's not that bad. It's not bad in this film, um, but it's very reminiscent of the film Last at Last House on the Edge of the Park. If you've seen that film, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, um, but this one does deliver. It's not bad. It's, uh, it's got some, it's got some really interesting type undertones to it too that's going on. Uh, I don't really want to give anything away because, you know, it's one of those films that you definitely need to check out and not, I think knowing less about it is probably a better thing. Um, but, um, all I got to say is there's a lot of twists and turns and things that are happening in this one <laughs> that, uh, they kind of make you smile a little bit and, um, I don't know, man. It's just overall a fun film. Like, you know, for a film that's set all in one location, basically, except for the beginning of the film, when these two kind of groups come together, uh, is actually done really well. It's done really well. There's only, I think, six or seven characters throughout the film. And the dialogue, shit like that, is it's not the best in the world, but it does keep you entertained. And uh, the ending is worth seeing the film for. Now, the coolest thing about this film is that it only runs just over 60 minutes. So it doesn't overwhelm, it? it doesn't over, yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome at all, but it gets right into the story right away. Like the, the robbery that happens, you know, by the time <clears throat> these kids roll in, it's like five minutes of the film. They're already back at this house. They're doing the shit. It's actually edited not bad though. It, it doesn't really, it's, it doesn't feel jumpy. It just feels fast paced. And I kind of like that about the film. So, but. I think they did a good job of not overstaying the welcome with the film because, you know, having this limited amount of characters in a house for a shot on video, low budget, it could get very tedious if it was kind of very, very fucking drawn out. It does a good job of getting right into the point of what the fuck is going on in this film. And there's some really cool twists and turns. And I really actually kind of recommend this film. Like I said, it's probably one of the best visual looking shot on video films. And it actually got some pretty interesting aspects of what's going on with. Once again, I don't want to say anything about certain details of the film because I don't want to give it away. But I do recommend this movie, um, <clears throat> you know, an overall rating. You know, it's not a spectacular film mm -hmm. by any means, but for the type of film it is. I mean, honestly, this movie, I don't know what it was made for, but it was, you know, really, really low budget. They did a fantastic job, I have to say. I mean, especially having actors that eventually went on to star in, you know, big time films that we all know and love. You know, it's kind of weird, but, uh, Venus Flytrap, I'm going to give a six and a half out of ten. Um, like I said, if you're a fan of, you know, Massacre video releases and stuff, this is one that you definitely got to check out, man. It's, uh, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. There's a lot of things that are going on in 60 minutes and it's, 
quite, you know, not, I don't want to use the word overwhelming, but for a 60 minute film, they accomplished a lot. Let's just put it that way. So Venus flytrap, check it out. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Am I up? Yep. All right. Next movie I'm going to talk about is a film that I think came out in 2013 in the UK. It was on hiatus here in the States for quite a while. But it finally got a release here, uh, I think in early January, late December, Blind Lionsgate. That is a movie simply titled Ginger Clown. So this stars Tim Curry, Brad Dwarf, and Lance Henderson. Well, they're voices, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, this movie is very interesting because it kind of is an homage to Back to the Future Part 2 a little bit. Um so we are introduced to our group of main characters. Film takes place in 1983 and it takes place in Hollywood. And it starts out with uh, these football players all lined up uh, behind the Hollywood sign, all in their old cars like Back to the Future. And um, the main guy, the main football jock, his name is Biff, which is like, what the fuck? And he even drives the same car that Biff drives in Back to the Future. And it's just like, oh, come on. We know that it's fucking, you know, they called the main football guy Biff. He acts like Biff. He drives the same car as Biff. It's like, oh, come on. This is obviously playing an homage to Back to the Future. So, uh, but is it, But is it self-aware, though? Like, are they just trying not to hide the fact that yeah we'll get get into that later because there's another reference of back to the future later on in the film so uh so it's the whole football team and of course their girlfriends up above the hollywood sign and biff's girlfriend you know she's different she doesn't like the way biff treats him just like (laughs) freaking marty's mom in back to the future but she doesn't like the way biff treats him so oh leah thompson yeah so (laughs) you know she's she says that she's gonna you know leave him and he doesn't like that very much so um here comes the nerdy boy on his bicycle driving near the hollywood sign you know driving past these guys drinking this football team drinking in their cars and they dare him that if he goes into this abandoned amusement park that's been abandoned since the 60s that he'll be able to have the girl whose girls would whose you know girlfriends with biff who doesn't really want to be girlfriends with biff so of course he accepts and they go down to the amusement park and he goes over the fence and of course the girlfriend follows him and it's just them inside this haunted amusement park now here's where the interesting things come up now this movie is fully full moon influence. Now we got it back to the future and we got totally has a Charlie band type of a spin on the film. There's puppets and there's just, you know, a lot of interesting puppets. Like there's a puppet, it's a teapot and it looks exactly uh, like evil bong. Like if you guys see the film, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's, it's highly influential by the evil bong and other um, full moon film so this has the same kind of uh feel and atmosphere of a full moon film it's interesting um so they go into this amusement park and they're seeing all these weird ass puppets and they're they talk weird and they tell them to go fuck themselves and a whole bunch of weird and interesting things until they meet 
Tim Curry's character, which is supposedly supposed to be a ginger clown, but I don't see it at all. He doesn't look nothing like a fucking clown. He looks like a fucking demon. And I don't know why they call him a clown because he doesn't look like a clown. And that's the part that frustrated me the most, that on the cover of the film they have fucking Tim Curry as in this awesome clown makeup. But there isn't a fucking clown in the film, in my opinion. He doesn't look nothing like a clown. So that was a little bit frustrating, but... Um, it's interesting, I would have to say. There's really not an interesting narrative at all. It's pretty fucking generic and boring, and um, the acting is absolutely horrendous. It's actually worse than Bloody Homecoming in that. That's kind of pushing it for me. Like, the acting is definitely the worst part of the film, but I have to give it credit that it's the set of the amusement park is really, really, really well done, and the lighting, whoever was lighting... Um, in charge of lighting for this film major 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 props because it's really lit in a beautiful way so um i have to give them that that they were able to take a usually dark and um hard place to film and light and things like that and really really do an interesting and good job on it but um if you're gonna watch this film for the narrative and the acting i would not do it because it's fucking bad on that aspect but if you like low-budget, full-moon, Charlie uh, Charlie Band type of films with puppets and batshit crazy things happening, you're probably going to dig this one. Oh, yeah, I'm at the reference for Back to the Future. I'll get into that in a sec. So the main nerdy character carries around a backpack the whole film, and in the backpack is things that are most important to him and things that he truly loves. Oh, God, it's so bad and generic. But inside the backpack, of course, is an Olimac from 1951. And it's the same fucking one from Back to the Future 2. No joke. It is the same cover, same everything. So the main the main protagonist is, or the main antagonist is named Biff. And <clears throat> he has a fucking sports Olimac from 1951 in the fucking bag. The same exact one from Back to the Future 2. Uh, there was a lot of interesting Back to the Future references in this film blatant references in this film but <laughs> it's so interesting man you know how they incorporated all the back to the future stuff into that type of film yeah but it's so strange like i said tim curry brad dwarf and lance henderson they're not in the film their voices are in the film they voice the puppets and things like that i mean it's interesting um like i said don't watch it for the story or editing it's average five out of ten <laughs> that's funny mm. <clears throat> So uh, the next one that I'm going to talk about, uh, we have talked about in-depth before, um, so I will attempt to not repeat things that I've previously said about this one. I have a few things to add. Uh, it's Phantasm 2 from the year 1988. I decided to pop in the Scream Factory release, um, and it follows Mike as he is released from a mental hospital. He teams up with Reggie to stop the tall man. He's psychically connected with some girl as well. So one of the things that I noticed watching Phantasm 2 this time was Angus Scrim as the tall man. Something that I was always very happy with was that he never once in the series like jumped the shark or became comedic or became a character that we root for. He's always this evil, just tall bastard really i mean he's just tormenting them and he never gets comedic like he's never dropping like silly one-liner he's always intim intimidating he's always a presence and he never goes down that path that so many icons go go down and it and it's not just the comedic stuff we we never are on his side ever at least i'm personally not i've never once 
um, rooted for the tall man, which tends to happen with you know Jason and and everybody really. Uh, and I think it's one. And I thought it was surprising that he's one of the only characters to really not go down that road. He's one of the most important, uh, you know, villains, in my opinion, in uh, in horror film history. Definitely, and I think you know credit to Don Coscarelli for keeping the tone of that character the same throughout the films and Angus Scrim for doing it. And another thing when I was watching this one, I realized it's, it's so, this one is really the fun one in the series. And it, it, it's, it's an action film. It's like a romance. It's, you know, a buddy film. It's a road film and it's a dark, you know, creepy nightmare logic it- type film. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I, I find it so astonishing and interesting, um, a little bit mind blowing that this is, you know, your mo- your favorite, uh, you know, film in the Phantasm franchise solely based on the fact that this movie is what you just described it as. You right. Know, it's an right. action film. It's an action film. Love all those things that you generally don't care for in other aspects, but this one seems to work for you on all levels. Yeah, and it's I find it very intriguing that it this never is... becomes ahead, it never gets ahead of itself in terms of the action, in terms of the romantic stuff between uh the two lead characters, Mike and and the girl. Uh the buddy stuff really works. And I watching it this time, I will actually say that I think I might I know it's kind of blasphemous almost, but I kind of Almost like James LaGrosse as Mike better than uh, Michael Baldwin or whatever his name is. And, you know, obviously he only played Mike in this one film. But to me, it it seems to work very well. Uh, This one, I also noticed they did kind of throw out the nightmare logic a little bit. I mean, it still has it. But the first one is it, it, it relies heavily on that that sort of nightmare logic where you don't really know which end is up and things like that. This one is more straightforward, but it does have that um, undertone to it where you're not really sure what's going on and you're not really sure what the tall man's up to. You know, even revisiting it less, you know, probably just a year later, it, it's such a strong film. And I really do love it. It's it's definitely a nine out of ten. Still, I, I have that rating from last time. Um, but what was cool was I actually checked out the features on the disc this time. And first, you have the commentary <clears throat> with uh, Don Coscarelli, Angus Scrim, and Reggie Bannister. And this commentary is a very very good commentary. And Coscarelli is really underrated, dude. This guy technically is really well like versed in the technical aspect of filmmaking and it shows with the things that he talks about and you know people hitting their marks and like when they blow up the house that was a highly choreographed insane thing that had to work perfect and he did it perfectly but who Uh, was the associate producer I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love you, JP. I'm just... Oh. He's so, so, He's so fucking funny. <laughs> I think another reason why the Phantasm films worked so well is because they're all friends. Like, in this commentary, you can tell they love each other. They've been friends for a very long time. And, you know, Coscarelli even says that one of the biggest mistakes making Phantasm 2 was not bringing back uh, Michael Baldwin because... That's that's who that character was. And even though I might personally like the other guy better, um, 
Coscarelli like really that kind of bugged him that that all that whole thing went down like that uh then the ball is back this is a 46 minute feature you learn a lot of things like like a like I was just saying about Michael Baldwin they actually made him audition for the role of Mike um following the original phantasm and they declined his his him as the character uh reggie actually had to audition to be cast as reggie <laughs> is that crazy and, and this is coscarelli doing this no coscarelli was wanting to make the film the way that you know he wanted with bringing back all the people and stuff but they were under universal and Universal wanted a name, like they wanted they they wanted people in it, like a young, fresh cast and and things like that, because they were giving them a lot of money. This was this was you know uh, more money than Coscarelli had had in the first, way more money. And this is the highest budgeted Phantasm, and you can tell, you can tell by the oh, yeah. set pieces <clears throat> and things like that. They were building full sets. Uh, you know, they built another, uh, story on the house that they blew up because it was only like a one story house or something. Uh, I mean, they had tons of money for this film and Coscarelli, you know, said that when he decided to make Phantasm 2 for the first time ever, possibly the head of a studio ended up the the new head of universal ended up being a guy who, you know, was just the new, he was the new head, but uh, he was a massive horror fan, and he said he's never really seen that happen again in another studio system where, like, some, the head guy was a huge horror fan. Um, so that's why we seen that's why they bought the rights to Child's Play back then because they wanted to launch Universal into into a lot of horror. They bought the rights from MGM and stuff like that. They wanted to capitalize on all these original films and make sequels. So that's why you see that a lot of those from Universal at that time. Um, but he also said Brad Pitt auditioned for the role of Mike, um, which is interesting, right? <laughs> so that, that I mean that that feature ad is awesome, and of course there's some deleted scenes, work print scenes. I was surprised in the work print scenes. It's a lot of um, uh, stuff that the MPAA cut. There was a lot of gore, man. That's just not in the film now, and I was I was really surprised to see how lengthy some of those scenes were. Like the MPAA was like in full swing at that time, um, 1988. Uh, and then there's some character development scenes in the deleted scenes. But overall, man, I was really impressed with the uh, amount of stuff that was on this disc. There's even a short film featuring Angus Scrim playing Abraham Lincoln. It's a educational black and white short film when angus Grimm was young it's fucking hilarious check that out uh, Man, i really need to check out those features man I haven't yeah watched them. there's some great features on here and i was surprised too because i you know phantasm phantasm 2 we like we know the we know a lot of things about these these films right i mean it's a franchise they've been talked about to death so going into it i really wasn't expecting much from the features uh, but they spent a lot of time on how they pulled off the gore scenes and stuff. It, it really is an amazing film and everything kind of came together. And I was really impressed with just how underrated Don Coscarelli is. I was impressed with how he like technically he gets it. And he ne- I feel like he never really had the, the chance to show what he could have done in in the world of cinema. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man, I've really got to check that shit out, man. I kind of neglected that one a little bit, I think. Yeah, because you probably expected the same thing that I expected. Like, we've heard all the stuff before, you know? Like, the, the, this, there's the um, work print stuff. 
they actually have the whole segment where they blew up the house, like behind the scenes set footage. And it's amazing. The stuff that they did, uh, actually it's on the set. It's its own feature. It's about nine minutes long. It's the whole sequence of them blowing up the house. It is so choreographed. It's insane. Like that, that's, that's movie making right there, man. That's awesome. No CGI nice. there. Nice. Alrighty. So next up here, um, Oh man, this one. Oof. Okay. This one was le- released by Mondo Macabro. Um, it's from 1981. And I really wish I had seen this one when I was doing my 81 series a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, this one, um, is an Indonesian film called Mystics in Bali. I have been dying to see this film for so long. I just never really wanted to put out the cash for it because Mondo releases are pretty expensive, right? Uh, <laughs> now this one right here J-O-O. Oh, there you go oh well, they're expensive man DVDs I, I fuck man you know they're tough but they're in these nice sexy red cases so you can't really you know you, you gotta go for them uh, but anyways this one right here it follows a an American I think I believe that she's like a novelist so she she moves over to uh, to Bali uh, to investigate or to look into um you know, some cult in black magic type things and stuff. Anyways, when she arrives in Bali, she meets this guy. They start getting like romantically involved and stuff. And and he basically tells her, he's like, well, I know of like this, this type tribe that I, I can introduce you to. And they might be able to tell you and inform you more about uh, black magic and help you with your research. So anyways, they go out in the forest one time. Uh, or out into this, you know, kind of area. And uh, they come across this, you know, this witch. And she's basically like the leader of this this cult or whatever. Anyways, the she decides that, uh, you know, that it's cool. Um, or, I mean, the the witch decides that, you know, that this American is cool. That, uh, you know, she she's willing to take her in and, you know, kind of help her out. But she's, of course, got other agendas set on her mind. And uh, shit like that. So um, the journalist, you know, she totally agrees. She's like, you know, this seems cool. I'll go with you. I'll learn about black magic and, you know, everything will be all cool. Um, <laughs> I'll just leave it right there. So this movie right here is a fucking trip. It is such a fucking trip. It's got a very, very basic kind of storyline to it. But it's awesome. It's so fucking awesome, man. This movie is so fucking weird. It's supernatural at its weirdest. Um, basically, the the leader or the witch of this cult, of this black magic cult, <clears throat> she has got some ulterior motives for this American in which basically, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but essentially what happens with the supernaturalness of this film is that uh, <laughs> there's scenes in this film where literally the American's head pops off her body and the lungs are hanging from her head and her guts and her head flies around. Her head flies around and acts like a vampire. <laughs> I'm lost. It is so fucking weird because, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I can't really tell you exactly what's going on. But, you know, like I said, 
the the leader takes her in and she's got some ulterior motives right so i i just i can't tell you what they are because that's kind of the point of what you know is going on in the film but uh man this one right here has got some really awesome effects really cool setting and it's got one of the weirdest feels and tones of the film there's certain parts in this film where you don't even you want to think that it's kind of being comedic but it's totally not and at the same time, you're like, well, maybe it's un- being unintentionally funny. So you kind of accept it a little bit. But, you know, it's weird because this one is like a it's like a horror thriller slash kind of sci fi type deal. Some of the effects in this one are so laughable. It's almost like animated like, you know, when you're watching cartoons and you get like the that animated, uh, you know, kind of lightning bolts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's things that are like that that's going on, which, but it's like in a super serious tone though. It's like fucking bizarre, weirdest feel I've ever felt in a film. Um, effects, you know, makeup effects and stuff, fantastic, really cool stuff. Now, the leader of this light, I think it's light Lyak Lyak. Uh, fucking tribe or something like that i think that's what it is like um she's you know basically a witch um so funny dude i I, honestly this laugh that she spits out throughout this film is just it's tantalizing it's so fucking funny it's almost comical but it's not meant to be a comedy it's it's got to be one of the most bizarre films i've ever seen now if everything sounds really confusing but that i'm talking about because this movie is kind of not confusing, but it's very kind of mumbled and jumbled a little bit. Uh, all I can say though, it's a fantastic film. It's so entertaining. It's so entertaining on all levels. Uh, the shit that this witch makes this American do and what, what she turns her into. Um, basically without giving too much away. So once the American agrees to, you know, or once the the witch agrees to let the American into her world or whatever, like I said, she has this alternative motive. Uh, she kind of turns her into something, and she can actually kind of shape shift a little bit. She turns, she can turn herself into certain things, and ah, uh, I, I I can't really go any further because I can't say anything about it. But fucking weird oddity, man. This is one film that everybody needs to see. Man, it's such a strange film. Um. <laughs> There's so much going on in this one. Black magic, shape-shifting, flying heads with organs, um, just supernaturalness. Oh, awesome. The odd thing about this movie is that it's actually dubbed in English. It's fucking strange. Super strange. Um, I don't know. I wasn't expecting this movie to be in English. Popped it in, and I was like, where are the fucking subtitles? watching the original language but it actually wasn't it's actually like in english so i looked on the back i was like that's fucking strange but um this one's a really hard one to talk about because like i said i don't want to give anything away but uh awesome i absolutely fucking love this movie to death it was such a blast uh nine out of ten mystics and valley just fucking phenomenal so good nice (laughs) jeremy are we doing segments go ahead all right, segment time. All right. Jeremy's Midnight Movie. All right, I decided to revisit something for the third time. Now, we talked about this movie a few weeks ago on the show, and that sparked my interest to once again try and give the movie a fucking chance. And, of course, the documentary Room 237. Now, I originally 
saw this movie. So it's like a it's a horror one hundred and one mixed with a Jeremy's Midnight movie. Uh huh. And wow. I watched the movie you it, talked about last week on horror one hundred and one, but crossover crossover special. That's what yeah, this is. Crossover special. Yeah. So third time I watched this movie. I first saw this movie in two thousand and twelve in October at the Chicago International Film Festival because I was like, oh, this seems fucking gnarly. I have to go see this, a documentary about The Shining. So I'm sitting there watching it, and it, it, it was not for me because mainly because of the fact that I thought the things that the people were saying were absolutely fucking ridiculous, and they were pulling them out of their asshole. Now, let's fast forward a year and a half. In April, Moods was here. Decided to watch it with him again, and um, my opinion changed a little bit, but not very much. I still thought pretty much everything that these people were saying was completely and absolutely ridiculous. So, after talking about it again on the last week's show, I don't know, four, three, four weeks ago, I think we brought it up a little bit, I decided to give it yet again a third watch. And hope, you know, I'm trying to like this damn movie. I'm trying. I'm trying to get into what the people were saying, but I, I am I am a little bit intrigued about one of the conspiracy theories that the people have. But the other three, some of the other three are just absolutely fucking ridiculous. If you guys don't know what this movie is, it's a documentary about The Shining and four people who are absolutely obsessed with debunking the movie that Stanley Kubrick had a conspiracy theories. Um, when he was making the movie that there is a deeper meaning in the film that Stanley Kubrick was trying to get across. Uh, one of the meanings was that the film uh, was about, you know, Indians and Native Americans and things like that, which is this is that was the one that I actually believe is actually logical and can actually make sense. Um, another one has to do with the Apollo space mission and that Stanley Kubrick was trying to hide the fact that he covered up the uh, Apollo 13 space mission, that he actually went to a studio and filmed the footage that everybody saw um, from the Apollo 13. That one's absolutely fucking ridiculous and complete utter crap and stupid. Um, this movie, it's... Ugh, man, I just don't know. I still have no idea how to feel about this because... Some of the things people are saying are absolutely fucking stupid and they have too much time on their hands to actually read. You know me. I love to read into films. That's what I do at school. You know, I write about films and their meanings a whole bunch. But the things that these people are saying don't make any fucking sense. At least if something I say makes a little bit of sense. But a photo on the background of a Bigfoot skiing means something to these people. I mean, come on. I, I know Kubrick from school learning from school was a pretty hard filmmaker to work with and he you know he everything that he has in the frame of every shot has a meaning but some of these things are just fucking stupid and i still don't think they make any sense and are illogical and these people are still reading into it a little bit too much but like i said the first story that they brought up one of the people have about native americans and things like that actually makes a little bit of sense and i can actually see where that one is actually coming from but the other ones are just complete and utter rubbish. Like I said, I'd be curious to see you watch this, JP, and give me your opinion about it because it would be an interesting conversation because everyone that I've seen has a different opinion about this documentary. I know the critics actually tore it up. They actually loved it, and 
it got high praise from a lot, a lot of people. But I just don't see it. I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And even after a third watch, I still am not completely bought on this one. It's well done. I have to give them that. Um, you know, it's interesting and it's well done. And it had an interesting concept, but it's just it's just not interesting to me and it falls flat. Yet again for a third time, 5 out of 10 for Room 237. No, I, I definitely haven't seen this one, but I, I feel like the point isn't what they're, like, saying. Like, you're not supposed to buy the stuff they're saying. It's just mm-hmm. supposed to show you, like, like look at these crazy fans and listen to their stories. Um, I think it's trying to sell you this stuff. I think Moods could comment on that. That these people actually believe what they're saying and oh, they're trying I, I, to make you believe it also. I believe you know, it. It's I, interesting. I, while, while watching that documentary, I was like, I... I don't know, man, if they're being like sincere here or if it's just for entertaining value and part of the documentary because, you know, the way they're – like you said, uh, some of that stuff completely is contrived as fuck. Yeah. Like it really does not make a lot of sense and it really kind of get. I mean, but that's the type of things that get you thinking. And I think that's the whole point of what the documentary is. Well, it didn't it's, make me think. It made me think that these people are fucking stupid. Well, I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, some of these theories that they're spinning, how could you not like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But at the same time, it's like, that's retarded. So it theoretically gets you thinking, but I think that's kind of the point of it. I don't know. This one has a lot of, lot of mixed things. There's a lot of things going on. Like, man, I don't know about that one. I would have to watch it again too, but yeah, yeah, it just seems so contrived to me. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Everybody has mixed opinions. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people think it's okay. I thought there were certain things in the film that actually did kind of make sense. Yeah, but, but the, the things were like the I Apollo were so out of left field. Like, so I thought stupid. Yeah, I, there were certain things that were so out of left field that actually made me laugh out loud. I was like, "That's fucking hilarious, man!" Yeah. Like, really, you think like that? I mean, but it, then again, it all comes down to it's just opinion. You know, you can talk how you want. If you want to put out, you know, a conspiracy theory, or whatever, it's still just an opinion. It, it doesn't really mean shit. I mean, you take it how you want to take it, right? So basically, it's entertaining. I, I was entertained throughout that whole documentary. But half of it, I was like, whatever. I don't think that's what it means. But you know, whatever, I'm still watching this. And it didn't really matter to me because it was entertaining. Okay. I don't know. Well, I've heard this film reviewed more than probably any documentary ever in different podcasts. And I've always kind of got the vibe that like it doesn't really matter what you feel about the what they're saying because that's kind of not it's not to convince you per se. You know, obviously I haven't seen this, but that like I've always got the vibe that it was like it's not there to like yeah, they're trying to convince you with their story, but that's not the purpose of the film. It's to to show showcase these, you know, super fans, I guess. <laughs> if you want to call them that. Okay. Um, so moving on to my segment, which I just think that this is one of the biggest coincidences ever, but, uh, horror 101, which is where I take a documentary and I review it, you know, don't tell me you watched room 237. I watched my Amityville horror, which is oh. an IFC midnight. I was thinking about you watching <laughs> so, that. So, so it's like the crossover works both ways. This is yeah, a yeah. Jeremy's midnight movie and a horror 101 combined so my amityville horror i jeremy actually reviewed this on episode 14 
So it's been a while since we've talked about it. I'd never seen it. It follows a character by the name of Daniel Lutz, who's a real person. He was the he was the eldest child in the Lutz family who moved into the Amityville house in 1975. And he kind of recounts his events, his history with his father, his stepfather, George, um, and the hauntings that happened in the film. I thought that this was really, really interesting because it's not so much about the actual haunting at all. It's about what happened to this poor kid and why is he like this and why is he so angry and all these things that happened to him as a kid that ultimately changed him forever. So he does definitely believe what happened or at least he's very – convincing he 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 sounds like he truly feels uh like because when he talks he's very confident about these things and he doesn't really mix his stories and he can answer right away when asked the question usually i think he really does believe what happened to him happened to him but i feel like he was very he was at a young age and influenced by his crazy father george lutz um he gets very defensive and you can tell that he's spent his whole life trying to explain these things that maybe he didn't understand himself to other people and he's just got to the point where he just does not give a damn anymore what people think um but at the same time he kind of does because it he gets defensive and he gets mad when people ask him questions where he knows they're just trying to get a rise out of him or get um you know they're very tactical about the way they handle him and you can tell that it annoys him so much Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a surprising sort of documentary because it's absolutely not about the actual haunting um, and more just about this guy and what happened to him I thought it was really cool man I mean I didn't love it but it was definitely really cool I give it a 7.5 out of 10 hmm, 7.5 that's pretty good <clears throat> have what you seen you that it, he gave no. it a 7 back in episode seven. 14 no, I haven't seen it. It's interesting. It definitely is. It definitely is. He definitely has some like brushes with the actual crew. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And like he like he gets pissed off, man. You you almost kind of see him as like a loose cannon. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. Cool. All right. So for my Italian stallion of the week, uh, this is a film from 1976 and it of course is uh you know a nazi exploitation film called ss experiment love camp uh this is actually on the uh, video nasty band list this is actually one of the banned films um fucking god only well i i know exactly why it was banned because it was you know sex and violence and that's what they banned in the in the uk at the time um this one right here <laughs> It's it, you know it's got your very basic type Nazi exploitation type storyline to it. It, it. it just follows, you know, it, it's pretty much like the Elsa films, to be honest. Um, you know, it's got a group of female POWs that are just being subjected to a bunch of random tests by, you know, I think it's the Third Reich in this one, and what they're doing, they're trying to. They're trying to, they're, they're working towards the superior white race. They're trying to make the superior white race. And in this case, sexually. <laughs> so that's what they're doing, you know. So 
that's your storyline. It's pretty fucking basic. Um, so basically what you get in this film is a shitload of fucking sex. Every scene in this film, whether they're doing experiments or other scenes, it's all tits and muff. <laughs> like this whole movie is just full of that. It's, uh, but the Big funny bushy muffs. 70s muff at its best oh, you know it's them doing experiments on these women and then the other experiments are them having sex with you know it's like blood sucking uh, freaks muffs yeah with german with german uh soldiers and you know they're trying to figure out certain things um this one oh my god it's so bad it's so <laughs> bad this is one of the worst nazi exploitation films i've ever seen um, I understand why it was banned because they had a really big problem with sex and violence and, you know, shit like that. Uh, the, you know, the BBC, they, they just didn't not care for that whatsoever. Um, this one right here is actually really funny though, because, you know, it's, uh, it's a Nazi exploitation film, but it's dubbed and it's totally dubbed <laughs> with like American, American accents, and which is so funny in <laughs> itself because you can't even take that seriously. These yeah. are supposed to be German soldiers and they talk just like Americans. And it's funny. And, but the funny thing is they also look like Italians <laughs> because it's an Italian film. Right? Yeah. So it's got all these funny elements to it. And it's, it's so ridiculous, man. The storyline is so bad in this movie. It's executed ridiculous, but to make things even more funny about this film is that, you know, okay, you got these German, the Third Reich is doing all these, you know, these studies on these women. They're trying to make these superior sexual beasts, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you have this one general who apparently was mutilated by some girl and he lost his balls, right, in this attack. So Maybe now, he got attacked by our half penis half vagina monster that you came up with later yeah, exactly exactly that stars mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so so what this fucking general does he actually kind of blindsides this other soldier and oh my god he actually gets uh the doctors to well they basically used to do this guy and <laughs> Make a long story short, he ends up stealing his balls. He ends up stealing the balls from this guy, from this soldier. So now this guy wakes up and he's got a pair of balls and he's all good to go. And he's he's a superior soldier now and blah, blah, blah. But to make things worse, this movie, this is what makes this movie so fucking bad. Now, this soldier um, has obviously had his balls cut off. (laughs) And uh, so there's a scene where he jumps into bed with this fucking with this POW and he realizes that he can't have sex because he doesn't have any balls. And he like he announces this and I literally died. Doesn't he have dude. balls? Or is this the guy from Got His Balls Taken? The guy's the the guy that got his balls cut off. Yeah. Literally. So why can't he fuck? Does like, that mean that means I can't his do dick this can't I've get no hard? Balls. Does that mean his dick can't get hard or something? The uh the dude with no balls, he fucking goes up to the to the general and he's he confronts him and he literally says to him, he's like, Are you having fun with my balls? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking died. I literally dropped. I was on my couch. I was fucking dying. It doesn't laughing. make any sense. It's not it having any balls doesn't mean he can't get hard. It makes no I, sense. I, I know. I know, right? It balls doesn't, doesn't make your dick hard. <laughs> dude, I just oh my god, this movie was actually so bad. Like it was so pathetic, man. And you know, the whole story is so stupid, man. You know, you got one of the POV or PO, POVs, POWs that uh, 
falls in love with the dude that loses his balls eventually and you know you got this whole love story because he's a german soldier it's just fucking it's so bad everything about this movie is just terrible i mean honestly i i can't give it higher than like a three out of ten it's I understand why this movie was on the ban list because of the sexual violence and all that nature and stuff. But this one is even half as bad as like an Ilsa film or any of those type of, you know, Nazi exploitation doing experiments on, you know, they don't even say that they're Jews. They just say POWs. They're not even doing, you know, it is what it is in this one. But fuck, dude, it's so bad. Like the sex scenes are just so I don't know if it's the editing. They just kind of cut to sex scenes. They're like one minute they're doing a test and then all of a sudden they're in like a huge orgy. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? This movie is so, it's like. It's like Blood Sucking Freaks, man. It, it's bad. It's No, Blood Sucking Freaks is a masterpiece compared to this. This is fucking bad. Like, it's just a terrible edited film. Um, oh, dude, everything about this film is bad. But three out of ten, horrible. horrible, horrible. You, you know what's funny is I thought I had seen this film when you was talking about it. Um, I seen a film called because I, I, you know, IMDb to your film, the SS Experiment Love Camp, and I know that I've seen a film that has that poster. Uh, and then I, you know, tracked down what film I had actually seen, and it's Woman's Camp One One Nine, directed by Bruno Mattai. And it has the exact same poster with a different font for the lettering. <laughs> so that's that sounds like a Matai film. So that sounds like Matai ripping off the poster. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's off the exact same poster. It's the exact same poster with a uh, different font and title. I'm I'm not joking, you guys. If you see the part where Buddy jumps up, the German soldier jumps up from the girl, and he's like, "I can't do it." And the next scene, it just cuts to him, and he already found the general that has his balls and he literally pulls a gun on him. He's like, are you having fun with my balls? I fucking <laughs> died, dude. This, I fucking died laughing because he knew it was him already. Like he already, like he just knew apparently he had this connection. He's like, my balls are with this guy. And he just like found him right away. I'm fucking dying. man. It's so funny. I, I, I was fucking, I was pissing myself. Aaron was even like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, Oh my God, you wouldn't even, he wouldn't believe it. <laughs> You, you know what's crazy it's here so good. is <laughs> now I'm really confused because I'm looking at the film that I've seen, Women's Camp 119, so and the alternate title is SX Experimentation Love Camp. <laughs> Not experiment, Experimentation Love Camp. <laughs> but it's a completely – but the film that you're talking about is a completely separate IMDb page directed by a completely different director. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Sergio – uh, Sergio Garone or something? Yeah, like that? it is. It this is. one? Yeah. Oh, you okay. got my balls. <laughs> but it sounds like I've seen the film you're talking about. So oh, yeah, I'm like really confused right now. But do you remember the part where the guy confronts him and he's like, "You are you having fun with my balls? <laughs> it's been so long and honestly it was such a forgettable film. But I, it does – like this is sort of ringing a bell. I'm not joking. It might even be one of the That's single funny. funniest moments I've ever seen in a film. Like I – Oh my god! And to make fun, to make things even funnier, the dude that lost his balls, his name is Helmet. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude! That, how fucking funny is that, man? <laughs> ah, it's so good. Man. But man, it's just really, really bad filmmaking, and it's amazing how, you know, how sensitive the fucking BBF, BBFC was. You know, back in those days, they I couldn't see the humor in that. I mean, they should have, you know, at least kept. 
bombs. the movie not banned because of that. But I mean, that was funny. That was funny as fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It was good times. But yeah, that's going to conclude uh, segments. Uh, moving along to um, quick cuts. We got some quick cuts, guys. I do not, but Jeremy does. One. I have one. I watched the well, this, best. This is odd. This is very weird. Jer- or JP has no quick cuts, and Jer- uh, Jeremy does. Interesting. I have one, so it's really just a quick cut. I watched the best worst movie that JP talked about last week. Um, God, this was fun as hell. Like JP said, these people are fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> they are fucking I love to <laughs> like you talked last week. I love when you went to London and he's like you or when you went to the horror convention, he's Have like, I don't Troll belong. <laughs> when you went to the horror convention, he's like, I don't belong here. Did you see the guy in the suit in the costume over there? And then he's like talking to the girl from what, Nightmare Four? He's like five five. It's just funny. That was my favorite part when they're at the horror convention. He like totally doesn't belong there. But Yeah, that lady talking about like dentistry and shit. Like yeah. it's such an important like thing. Like like he's like, but, like getting the movie like shown in the out. theater in his town was like the biggest thing ever. And he's like having his freaking receptionist call people and tell them about the movie playing in town. It's like and like all the old people, like all the people who lived in the town didn't know that it was supposed to be a goof. I just found it funny that they'd even like get a copy of the movie. Like they didn't see it until they like, got it on VHS for like Christmas or something, and that was the first time they watched it. And the first time they watched it, everybody knew, like, oh, man, we're in trouble. Like, this is complete and utter crap. Ah, this is entertaining as hell. Um, Check it out. It's really good. Like JP said last week, you get it on Amazon for, like, six bucks. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. So it does miss our Hall of Fame. It had potential to make the Hall of Fame, but it does miss our Hall of Fame. Did I fuck it up? No, I mean, be honest. Be if honest I gave it a point five, would have made the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I think. I think it might have. Moods, quick cuts. Quick cuts, yeah. Um, I'll see you guys in the It would have made the Hall of Fame. No, I only got a couple. I only got a couple here. First up here from 1977 is a film called The Crater Lake Monster. Uh I watched this one because I recently picked it up on Blu-ray, a double feature from fucking Echo Bridge. But no. ironically enough, the transfer is fantastic on this. It looks great. Um, it's awesome. Crater Lake Monster is like a dinosaur film with a stupid story about some uh, meteor that hits this lake named Crater Lake. Anyways, apparently what it does is when it hits the water, it kind of fucking it warms up the water so much, kind of incubates this egg that's been sitting in the bottom of the lake for like a fucking million years, apparently uh, hatches this egg and a dinosaur appears. And of course, you've got uh, this dinosaur roaming around and eating people. Essentially, this movie is very contrived, though, because <laughs> it's kind of funny because you knew they didn't have enough storyline to deal with the, the the dinosaur part of the story. So what they did is they they incorporated this ridiculous part out of the blue. All of a sudden just cuts to this dude robbing this fucking corner store. And then all of a sudden the police are chasing him. They get into big gunfights and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, this is low budget filmmaking. It's best right here. This It's so ridiculous. You know, you got this dinosaur story, which is awesome. The stop motion animation is fantastic in it. Um, but it's just 
there's just not enough story there to like you know com- have a complete film which is so weird uh six out of ten though it was okay uh laser blast from 1978 this is uh, the latest full moon release this is one of the first uh charles band produced films uh basically about kind of an outcast kid that uh, rolls out in the desert one day finds a laser gun starts shooting it off and basically what it starts doing to him is turning him into an alien every time he shoots the gun he slowly turns into this like alien creature so he kind of goes crazy starts blowing up shit now sounds pretty awesome there's lots of explosions in it but the thing is nothing's explained at all in this film at all there's no explanation for anything <laughs> it's just a bunch of explosions i mean michael bay might have well have made this film in 1978 because there's just shit blowing up uh kind of entertaining very average five out of ten uh next up is the video nasties divinity guide part two from 2015 um what can i say man uh Basically, the documentary is about uh, the dude that ran the BBFC from, I think, like 80 fucking or 78 to like 99. Um, and it follows him and his whole story about, you know, his whole guidelines and blah, blah, blah. Wow, dude, really fucked up. This guy was insane. He really <laughs> fucked up. The, he fucked up the UK for a long time. This guy's views on censorship were just fucked, man. Fucking asshole, like a bonafide piece of fucking shit. Fuck, I feel I feel sorry for the people that had to go through that censorship bullshit in the UK back in those days, man. Complete asshole. They censored the shit out of everything. But anyways, the documentary is <laughs> <anyways>. awesome. <laughs> you know, the documentary is fantastic. Um, honestly, the highlight of this, man, is watching the 80 films that are on the Section 3 part of the Video Nasties list. Uh, there's intros before each of the trailers, and the intros are so fucking awesome. I mean, the insight into these films and there's quite a few films I've never even seen or even heard of that are on this. And, uh, oh man, the people that they have, they actually have the guy that wrote, um, the, that slasher book, um, shit that came out a couple years ago. Also the guy that wrote American, uh, uh, Nightmare USA. The insight into these films is so awesome and it runs for the 80 fucking trailers. It runs about nine and a half hours. So it is, oh my God, it's so good. I'm not joking. I hadn't, I haven't had a fucking such a great time with the documentary that I've had since probably the Nightmare on Elm Street one. This is awesome. I loved it to death. 10 out of 10, hands fucking down. It was so amazing. I spent pretty Damn. much all week watching this. Damn, Moody doesn't give many 10s. Oh man, so fucking entertaining. The stories and the facts and the insight into See, I think every like this film. one would be fun, like watching it with somebody else. Oh, yeah. dude, so good. Honestly, the shit that they know and the facts that they know about the films and the directors and the actors and the, they they know these people personally. Oh, fuck, man, crazy, awesome entertainment. Um, and then what do we got here? Uh, the ABCs of Death Part Two. Oh no. Um. Ugh. First of all, I got to say, I'm not really 100% sure what you watched, uh, Jeremy. It was so – oh, I didn't like it, man. I thought – yeah, Listen, the I first thought, one made his top ten. Yeah, watch you, a, JP. This is so interesting to me that that – you know, that it did make your top ten. I mean, I mean that's not interesting to make your top ten. But <laughs> to be honest, I actually like this one more than the first one. No, not me. I have I to had, say C is a fucking awesome fucking short. It's the best one in the film. Oh man, I had a lot of fun with this, and I, you know, I was noticing a lot of 
interesting things, you know, like uh, the one in Africa. Oh man, that what a mess! The Soska Saucer, the Soska Sisters one uh, that had one of the guys from Astron Six in it, and yeah. then of course even uh, Kasansky, he did uh, W yeah. for Wish, yeah. which was another really weird. I like I said, sort, the, but... from T to the end, they're all good. I said that in my review, mm-hmm. but to get there, there's only a few semi good there's a few the thing is man throughout the 26 shorts there was really not any shorts that i was like bored to death or Uh, i thought the africa one was bad which one was the africa one uh it's like i i forgettable but it's like in the middle of the pack and it was like some ritual took place in africa oh fuck i don't know if i quite remember that one the one i didn't really like was the the scary one. I didn't really care for that one too much. What the hell was that one? Is that the one that's like all black or something? Um, no. It was. It was kind of like it was the ones that, where the guys were in the uh, like the old school prison uniforms and shit, and they were really weird actors. Like, oh fuck, ah, no, I forgot. They were kind of doing voices and stuff. It was kind of strange. Letter C um, though, it's the best in the film. Um, the last Capital Pun- one. Capital Pun. What well, Capital Pun? Yeah, that was good. Capital Punishment was good. Um, but what's your he, favorite? He's saying letter Z, right? Letter C. The last letter in the alphabet is the best one in the whole Oh, film. Z. I thought you said C. It did sound like was... he was saying C. Yeah, sorry, Capital my Pun- speech impediment. I was in speech fucking class like for like Honestly, man, letter years. C, I thought Capital Punishment. I thought you were referring to that one because that one's actually really good. Now the uh, last letter of the alphabet. No, the last one is really good. I actually really liked Vacation, too. I thought the Vacation was was cool. Um, yeah, but the last letter is like it's an interesting idea and it's actually like really original and mm-hmm. it looks fucking fantastic. Moods, I got Which, one question. Did you count yeah. how many you liked and how many you didn't like, like you did in the first one? I thought about it fucking ha- about uh, it must have been about ten letters in or something. I was like, fuck, I should have. I have to go back, but I definitely liked more than I liked in the first one for sure because mm-hmm. I only liked twelve of twenty six. Oh man, I must have liked at least twenty over twenty of this one. Twenty, yeah, dude. Get I had no the fuck out of here, <laughs> dude. <laughs> once again, I have no idea what the fuck you watched here, Jeremy. Twenty. That's hilarious because it's so funny because the original ABCs of Death, Jeremy was high on it, it made his top ten. Me and Moods was like, ah, eh, it wasn't very good. This one, Moods is like, it was pretty solid, and Jeremy's like, it was shit. No, it wasn't shit. I'm telling man, it's I'm pretty shit. sure you might have I said it was shit something, in your review. Something, something's going on here, man, because like I don't know if his his mind is being all contrived from school or something. Oh, but, oh, here we go again. Or fucking or, from school. But I, I, I'm very oh, curious on this because this one was super entertaining from top to bottom. I didn't find any were shitty, shitty. There was a couple that were like, okay, whatever. But I didn't find terrible. Like the first one, I there was a quite a few that I was like, whatever, you know, I, I could care less. But honestly, this one was actually quite entertaining. From you know, for a film that was about an hour, you know, hour forty five, it was good though. I, I actually really had no problems with this at all. I thought right from the start, man, A for Amateur, I thought was really good. And yeah, that's a good one. There was a couple, um, like kind of animated ones. Yeah, uh, the animated stop, ones are always good. Stop motion, I, I thought was really good too. But, um, I think, shit, man, these are completely out of order. I can't exactly. I should have wrote down the ones, but, um. So is it a four out of ten? That's my question to you. Fuck no, no. I was like really. I never even 
once thought it like I didn't look at the clock. I was, uh, four like, out of ten was a little bit ro- a little bit harsh on my end. I have to say now that we're talking about it. Jam yeah, backtracking I, with the quickness. Like I said, this one you know comes down to entertainment value, and I was really never bored. You know, for however long it fucking lasted for, it didn't really matter. The point was is that this one kept me entertained right through and like the first one didn't. I was losing interest left and right in the first one because I thought it was just a total mixed bag. Um, so many good ones, especially towards the end. It just kept getting stronger and stronger in my opinion, yep, I agree. which is such a great end to the film. And uh, overall, I give it a 7 out of 10. You know, I don't think there was – I don't think there was that many shorts that were like, you know, mind blowing, but I don't think there was that many shorts that were shitty. There was a lot of really good ones above average and good ones, which I get, I'm going to give a seven because there was a couple I loved. I loved the Saskia sisters one. I thought it was great. I thought it was weird. Yeah, it's weird. And I love the fact that they had the guy from Oyster on six and he actually ended up, well, actually it's not him that directed another one, but another guy, but his was good too. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I thought they were really strong, you know? So seven out of 10, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot better than the first one, and I'm sticking to it. So, damn, that was yeah. the quickest quick cut ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you need to pick the ones that we're going to talk about <laughs> and do them as your main review. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I knew that ABC's he'd already done that one, so I figured if I save it for last and quick cuts, then we can just discuss it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, interesting. I'm really interested to check it out now because at first I had no interest whatsoever. You know, very little interest. I wouldn't say no interest. Um, because I didn't really care for the first one that much. I thought it was goodish. And then Jeremy came out with the review of the second one and said that it was, you know, pretty bad. Um, and now you come out and say that it's better than the first one. You know, the consensus seems to be, I've been reading, you know, comments and stuff on the group page, and most people have been really liking this. And I would, I, I kept thinking to myself, what the fuck did Jeremy watch? Cause <laughs> I was halfway through this one going, well, I'm only halfway through, and I'm. I really may have to give a, this. give a give a retraction and give it like five. I don't and know. A half. Like I said, these type of you know films, these anthology shorts are I purely sold for entertainment value. He's changing his rating and everything. He got four or five minute shorts, and to be honest, I was never bored at all. Well, so is that the end of your quick cuts? It is. Okay. I only had a couple. Like I said, it took like forty minutes. <laughs> Because I knew that ABC's a death talk was gonna, it was yeah. gonna spiral. <laughs> so, alrighty. So, getting into the main featured review for episode forty-five, and it is the uh, brand new chiller TV film called Animal from two thousand fourteen. It's been way too long. Yes. Yeah, we used to camp here every summer. Suit up. Get together, get closer. One, two, everyone say fifth wheel. Fifth wheel! Oh my god, is that what my hair looks like? Relax. Enjoy it. These woods won't even be here in the next few years. This looks familiar. Really? Yeah, too close, guys. Can somebody Uber us a cow? Andy! Been here. 
Might as well get comfortable. What the hell's it doing? I think it just knows more about this place than we do. It herded us here, eating what it can and saving the rest as prey. How else can you explain it? You think cramming in a room makes us safe? I think it makes us sardines. All we have to do is give us something to chew on. Like what? This one, of course, is directed by uh, Brett Simmons, and we all know Brett Simmons because uh, last year we did a main review of the uh, Monkey's Paw. Oh, really? Which actually, which actually didn't uh, didn't resonate too well with me, and unfortunately, I actually had the lowest review. Or yeah, my mine was the lowest of that one, I believe. Jeremy's was the highest, I think, on the Monkey's Paw. No, I think honest, mine was. Was, was yours? Yeah, I know we were all roughly about the mid mark on uh, Monkey Spa. Uh, he's also known no, for Jeremy's directing. Was hu- the highest? My bad. Okay, so he's also known for dress- uh, directing Husk, which is a uh, Scarecrow film that was featured in the first After Dark Originals uh, series um, a couple years back, which is actually a fantastic film. I really enjoy Husk. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. So I highly recommend that one. But the Monkey Spa, not so much. Now. The icebreaker is Animal from 2014. Now, did I like it or did I not like it? It's interesting because all his films have a very similar type feel to them. Uh, have you guys seen Husk? I all? have it. I haven't seen no, it. No, I haven't seen Just it. Watch it, man. It's good. It's good. I know we've seen Monkey's Paw and, and Animal, so check out Husk. But uh, all right. Uh, story. <laughs> That's why. When plans for a weekend vacation hits a dead end, a group of close-knit friends find themselves stranded in unfamiliar territory, pursued by a menacing, bloodthirsty predator. Uh, so basically, a bunch of people uh, get lost in the woods. There's a crazy animal there. They run, hightail it to this house. There's other people in the house already who have been stuck there by the animal. They kind of hold up. It's a siege narrative, one of my favorite forms of storytelling. Uh, so I was really interested into that right right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got five main characters. Uh, you've got two couples and, of course, guy. the token gay guy. Uh, yes, of course, that is very stereotypical. Um, but, but only one you know, black guy, though. I, I really didn't feel like it, man. I didn't feel no, 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 like, not a, felt black, like not a black guy. No, you have a you have a black girl who is oh, yeah, actually the sister of a white guy, which they don't explain. Yeah, they which don't I explain thought that. was a nice touch because it's like – it's well, like, I found that I found that the twist that we find out ab- about the gay guy and somebody else was very interesting. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but they, they definitely the, the whole brother and sister thing was interesting to me because even upon second watch, I was like, "Wow, they really do not explain that." Yeah, I liked so that, that they didn't explain it because any other film would have explained it, and I was just like, "It's unneeded." They were probably adopted. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. unneeded. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, given my state of, uh, you know, present personal life, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I just assume that 
they were adopted. Yeah, that well, obviously one of them was adopted, right? And I was more thinking that the white family adopted the black girl. (laughs) I mean, that sucks to say that, but that's just generally how things kind of work. Or they were both just being honest, right? But I thought that was an interesting touch. You know, they Mm -hmm. had that kind of going on and stuff. Another thing I thought was really interesting right from the opening credits was that Drew Barrymore was an executive producer on this film. That was odd. Maybe it's a different Drew like, Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is just executive producing horror films for sci-fi or for maybe, chiller. Maybe there's another Drew Barrymore. I mean, it, it's very possible, but I think that might actually be her. Yeah, it could be. It could very well be her. Hmm. Um, but uh, anyways, guys, thoughts on the film? Jeremy, who wants to start? Um, oh man, it is it's... the Drew Barrymore, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh man, it's just generic to me. It just felt a little bit generic. Well, it is very, 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 very generic. Um, but uh, I thought the monster looked really cool. And when they got into the house, it kind of just totally felt like Dawn, uh, Night of the Living Dead, and yeah, it's a siege to me. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, let's 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 start right from the beginning. That black okay. guy's a dick, though. I have to say. Okay. The black guy. So, yeah, the black guy in the house. What black guy? The guy that he fucking hung up with the handcuffs to the wall. That guy's not black. black. <laughs> he guy, was black. That guy's, that guy's clearly JP's cousin of like Latin descent. Of that guy's sort. totally JP's cousin. Well, that dude's from Prison Break, man. That's the Mexican dude from Prison Break. Oh, I guess the Mexican dude then. He was a dick. Black. He looked black to me. God. What did you wash this on? A toaster? No, I but just, I, I always thought, well, there's usually one black guy. We are watching a horror movie here. Well, it's a, so. We got the black girl, Kiki, man. Well, yeah, the, you usually have a black guy, too. I, okay, I, I thought it was quite interesting in this film how they started the film out with, uh, you know, four characters. And three of them we eventually get introduced to once these five characters meet up with them at this uh Yeah, because you just assume they're gone, right? Yeah, I mean, it starts out, you know, you got four characters running from this animal or the, from this creature. One gets fucking uh, captured and killed, which is actually Eve, the rapper. <laughs> That's fine. She's the one. She she's the one that dies in the beginning. It and cuts if Jody the Adams, if that was Jody Adams' only part, and she was on like the main front cover, I was gonna be pissed off. I was gonna be like, she's in the first eight seconds of the fucking movie, and that's it. But. Thank goodness she's in more than... No, no, no. But even... She's actually in the film for a long yeah, time. She yeah, yeah. Really I'm saying I thought... Say a lot of, she doesn't really say a lot of things, which yeah, is her really voice interesting. Is fucking annoying. But I think that's interesting. I like the story this film. They actually give yeah. a little bit of story that, you know, okay. But it's not even story. It's like pretty much... I'm assuming it happens a day or two before these group of friends go to the forest. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. I, I think that's the feeling. Yeah, because how would they survive that long out there? Yeah, exactly. So it shows you that one friend gets killed. They take refuge inside this uh, this cabin. These five friends obviously meet up with this this creature. They run off and, you know, get acquainted with uh, these other survivors. And they lock themselves up into this cabin. And now it's just a fight for survival because they have to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. I, I find it interesting Sorry. that you said that it was – at first, you said that it was a badass creature feature, if I'm not mistaken. And over what a course of a what you said like a day, you started feeling like it was very, 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 very generic. I, yeah, I said it was a cool creature feature. The, the creature is cool, and I I said last night that the more that I thought about it, you know, the more 
generic I found it, but it still have a cool creature. Well, okay. I mean, on that note, I will say that this movie, in my opinion, is definitely bringing nothing new to this type of, you know, creature feature genre. There's really nothing new Absolutely. that we... You know, there's nothing new here. We've seen this setup before. A bunch of people go to the woods, get terrorized by a creature. It's a fight for survival. We've seen yeah. this a million times. There's really nothing new. Um, well, even the creature looks like the creatures from Feast to me. A little bit. A little but bit. I, 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 I found I, it cool that the creature is at least practical. Practical and not fucking. Well, that was actually CGI. the most surprising thing for me about the film was that the creature was compl- or the everything about the film was practical. Like, I mean, you had practical, yeah. you know, gore effects, blood, and the creature was quite obviously a combination of. I, I wanted to say like a rodent slash human. Yeah, Does that it sound about right? Like rodent. Mm-hmm. I thought he was yeah, like a bear slash human. Rodent. If you look at the creature, like it actually had like human features. It was obviously a dude in a suit. Well, it could like it stood up on its. Too loud, yeah, so. which I I really actually kind of enjoyed. It seems, I mean, it, I don't want to use the word realistic because there's no such thing, but um, it just seemed appropriate. It seemed okay to me. I when I saw the creature, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I accepted. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. But I was really surprised. You know, chiller film, everything practical. I was like, okay, that's awesome. But chiller usually goes really semi- enjoying that semi-practical most of the yeah, time. Yeah, it's not sci-fi. Sci-fi is a lot different than Chiller. Like, sci-fi is very CGI heavy. Um, like, we've seen with Beneath with uh, Chiller. Um, Chiller and seems to have more of a standard when they make senses. Like, they actually put some care into them a little bit, even though they are kind of just cheap, cheap quickies. They still seem to put a little bit of care into them. And, I, you know, there's one scene in particular where when it, it's early on, I, I thought, like, ugh, like the the two characters are talking it's uh kiki and um her boyfriend and they are talking and they get a little closer to each other and then the camera cuts to it was an over the shoulder view and then it cuts to both of them center and uh in between the characters is a window and you just instantly are like okay jump scare like it was completely done amateurish like it should have started there uh, from that angle and they spread apart and then the jump scare but when you cut to that you actually are aware that it's happening it's well, it's jarring that's like that's like in movies where people use extreme close-ups on objects and it's like oh thanks now you just totally ruined that i know that that thing's gonna <clears throat> be important later on in the film like that pisses me off the most in films well there's a balance like, to it you <clears throat> kind of have to do that stuff sometimes but sometimes but not like not like blatantly when it's like blatantly <clears throat> obvious that this is something okay. you should remember okay so let's get into the uh you know basically the setup to this film so we got five characters that are in the woods backpacking um you know before they get exposed to the creature or come in contact with the creature what happens nonsense a bunch of fucking a bunch of fucking bullshit and something that really pisses me off and it's really to me lazy fucking screenwriting this is this is a bullshit script right here because what happens here is that you've got five characters going through the woods and they all agree that they need to get back before light or yeah. before dark. Yeah. So what happens is the brother and sister get into a fucking argument that apparently lasts from 
daylight to <laughs> to nighttime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While everyone sits around and goes, and they're all complaining about, we need to get back before it's dark. How come nobody fucking doesn't intervene and say, hey, let's go? Yeah. So it's kind of lazy screenwriting because it, it hmm. basically is just them arguing and killing time before it sets into dark. And now the creature appears because he's fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. That's so interesting. I, I never thought smooth. about that until you. Said I, I, I was thinking that I was like, oh, typical, like they're arguing and stuff. But yeah, then yeah. I kind of started thinking. I'm like, I do that shit all the time. Like we know we have to get done by a certain time, but, but we'll sit they, there and keep arguing. This is how they wasted time in the film. They didn't have any way to fill in the time between day and night, so they basically had these characters argue. And you watch it in the argument because I watched the film <laughs> twice. I noticed this the second time that it goes from daylight to nighttime, and all of a sudden it's too late. Not even when that, they I... decide that they need to get going, but he also does throw out late. that, like you know, we've walked back in the dark before and, and stuff like that. I I, I understand oh. what you're saying. It, it's definitely a little sloppy and could it's have been a little right. tighter. Um, but not even it, that. Like what am no, I? Thinking? What I'm saying. What I'm saying is they should have had something else happen or something else written into why they were out in the woods until later, except for a lazy argument because the argument's not even the focus. You don't even know what they're arguing about. All you know is that they're arguing about something. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares what the issue is and why they're arguing for so fucking long that it puts their lives in jeopardy. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely bad screenwriting. But, but and it's does lazy. it really put their lives in jeopardy, though? They're in the woods. They're it's dark out. If I was in the woods and it was no, dark, I'd be like, no. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, of course, we know as the viewer that if you're there by you know to dark time or till nighttime, it's gonna. But you know what I'm saying? It's just. Yeah. Why is this lasting so long? It's just a bad setup to I agree. Why, the darkness, it definitely why they're still there at dark time. Because if this argument didn't happen, they turn around, go back to the car, gone. No movie. Yeah. Well, Obviously, not even that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something else. Like, one of the biggest peeves that I have watching movie, these kind of movies, they don't know how to fucking light the shit right. And this movie is so damn dark. You can't see what the fuck's happening half the time when they're in the cabin. It, it's and, uh, it's a fucking I, really really annoying that I'm watching a lot of a lot of these movies these days, and it's so dark that you can't see any shit that's going on. I, I didn't on. really feel like it was dark. I I mean, god damn, dude, I never know. Honestly, I I take note of that shit when I'm watching films too, and I never noticed any darkness in the film. Yeah, see, I, that's see, that's I weird. can see it perfectly. I mean, we was watching it on Blu-ray, um, but uh, you know. I understand what you're saying. This is one of those films that kind of annoy me in terms of the way that it's shot. Um, The lighting was no problem, but to me, they use a lot of close-ups when during the creature attacks and like like I I, that stuff always gets on my nerves a bit because it's fast cuts, it's close-ups, and um, it's just the easy way to do it, right? I actually don't get bothered by that a whole lot because I just account that to like the low budgetness of it. They just can't shoot that, you know, obviously, you know, straight on gore shots. And they're just not doing that because they don't have the budget for it. So I can accept that because I know this is made for TV film and I'm just like, okay, we're probably going to see some cutaways with some, you know, obviously some dude standing there squirting blood. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, the budget I mean, is, is a, a okay excuse, but at the same time, we've seen stuff done on low, no budgets, right? The, look at blood runs cold, oh, completely, man. completely. I, I'm not saying this is justified for everything, but it's just the way it is for me. Like I can just accept it. Yeah. That's just which me I can't when I see too, that, but, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But I, I I'm, I also don't like it. Like, just because I, I can accept it, but I, I don't like it as well. Um, I'll say that, you know, back to the thing about them 
you know, being out in in the woods and stuff like that before it got nighttime and, and things like that, they did they did spend a little bit of time kind of just hinting at something when they find the military backpack, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just kind of like a hint that like, oh. We never find what out, what's in that backpack. We don't oh, wait later to. later on, I guess. I mean, well, we we find we we get the sense that it something whatever is happening. Yeah, but why the fuck is the military there? And there weren't. I mean, I know they closed the forest down and stuff like that. And they, of course. But why wasn't anybody else there? Like, because there's things that kill people out there. But that that was the whole thing. That's kind of and they don't have thing, guns. The whole storyline was kind of like okay, so these people are out there doing what. It's so like what they are the don't, other, they don't have guns? The other four were just it? going for going through going for like a stroll, like a hike, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going so out in the woods. That's just what they're doing. So the military's out there for probably a reason, you know. Um, I don't know, man. There's just certain things that just aren't connected in this film. It's just like I mean, okay, it's you, definitely a little sloppy. I'll give you that. It oh no, definitely. definitely. The the stream the like the the story is definitely very very sloppy. You know, like you understand, okay, the military's out there and they're out there for a reason. Now these other people, we just assume they're out there doing the same thing that these other five are doing. Well, I get the sense that the other five, the other, the the group that's in the house at first, I get the sense that they've been in the house for a a while now. Um, So, you know, it's a little time later. No, no, they're not in the house for a while. I don't, I don't because they... They don't have fucking food or water or nothing. Not even that. They say like, oh, we're going to run out of stuff to barricade the windows with. So they couldn't have been there for a long time. I assume that yeah, this happened like a couple days before because you got to admit like there was no food, no water, nothing. Nothing was ever even said. Well, first of all, you can live like 30 days without food. <laughs> not that long. No, you can't. You but can't. You can. No. The body does not actually die. You yeah, but you die. You can days. die after like ten days without water. Yeah, so, three days without water. If you don't have water, that's the thing. In like three days. That's what I'm saying. That's why I figured this happened like the night before, kind of thing. Like, so these guys got fucking blocked up in this place, and then you know these characters get you know same thing happens to them. I got so the like vibe that it was a lot longer than that, simply by the things that they, the way that they reacted. Why? Because of the food and water factor, they're oh, stuck in this. They house. might have had water. There might have been water bottles somewhere. The, the, the military, but they never, dude, they, they don't never need to show tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but they never show you drinking or eating or nothing. Like it's just, it's just all. I you just have like to assume need... shit. Yeah. What do you mean you, you don't assume, need to know? You assume the, that they a, time, a t- fucking timeline is needed here. Well, man. I just want to know why the because creep... that's why the story's stupid. Because they could have been there for fucking. It could have been. Oh, they showed up fucking. 10 days later and they haven't had water in 10 days they'd be fucking well, dead do we know that they don't have water in there dude they don't show them even drinking have a no, simple you show them no i mean is there water time. in the like it like is not there- them but you show like the girl with the big boobies you see her pouring the water into the guy's mouth who's dying so yeah yeah but that's her water yeah okay that's not the people yeah. that were in the fucking house before this is totally different. Yeah, yeah. That's a totally different thing. Well, I want to know just is said why three the days. You just said three days, which you can't actually live longer without water than three days. But but seriously, come on, man. Put it into perspective. I know you have to disconnect yourself a little bit, but at the same time, there's so many things that are just so not Well, not even that. Good. Like, why wasn't the creature attacking them in the daylight when they were hiking? 
that's, that's like, why did it wait until nighttime? Because later on in the film, you see it out in the daytime. So why the fuck wasn't it out in the daytime when they were hiking? Because it was somewhere else. But the cop, somewhere doing what? Uh, being an animal. Being an Devil's animal Zab- sniffing that's around. A, that's another, <laughs> but that's another thing because they even talk about it in the film that, you know, they the, the one guy even says or hints at the fact that, you know, they seem to feed more at at a certain time. But they come across its den, so it's like, why didn't it fucking come out and? Well, they also say that they feel like it led them to that place, like it's like it's storing food away, pretty much. Like it's smart mm-hmm. enough to lead these people here, get them stuck in there, and then just patrol it, and then they got food for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but which no. is completely ridiculous in itself, yeah. because who the Dude, fuck is going to believe that this thing is that smart? We're talking about a animal, man. I mean, it's, exactly. it, it's a monster. We're talking about a monster. Who says it's not that smart? <laughs> well, I just want to know is why they fucked Tremors, the Tremors, the come on. Tremors, dude, they led them. They would get them stuck on rocks and shit. It wasn't Those were fucking worms. Not, Those were fucking worms. It wasn't fucking nocturnal, so I just want to know why the hell it wasn't fucking shit up during the day. I don't know, man. I think I think the whole thing with the creatures totally contrived though man it's like daytime nighttime like the way i could when i was first watching the film i'm like why the fuck are these guys even attempting to get the fuck out of there at nighttime first yeah. of all at nighttime you can't see shit second of all in the daytime you could fucking see a creature moving around you'd have more of a because chance of survival because like at least it's gonna you could come try in that's why they feel like it's already gotten in and no, another I, thing why i'm I understand saying that, but they, that i feel I, like I, they've been there a long time is because even the dude upstairs looks like He's seen a lot. Like he mentions like, oh man, you know, we've seen it happen before. It, you know, it came through the, the door before. You know, this stuff isn't going to hold. So it couldn't like come over between two days? So the fact that his wife got fucking gnarled up in the fucking beginning of the film. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. He's not talking about being a seasoned veteran fucking. He's been but there for he does. fucking 14 he mentions, years. He mentions <laughs> about the it coming through the basement and stuff, you know? Like, so I don't it can't know. come it, through it, the basement in three could've, days. It could have been like, it could, well, I'm saying it could, like three days is a pretty long time to be stuck in that house. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it honestly, I think it's only been a day or two since they've been there and the other group shows up. Okay. I think well, it's still a day, a day or two, two is still a while. I mean, <laughs> well, not as long as you're saying you said a uh, the, while that he's got experience and he's like writing a book about it. And published no, I've and never, I never meant it like that though. I meant like that, like it, because the whole point was you said, <laughs> why are these people hiking and these people well, it was like, it was probably a little while later that this group came in and was hiking. Not like it was at the same time or anything. So like my, I was thinking like a couple days later, or maybe like a day or two that this group came in and was hiking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, so we're not going to talk about the boobies. <laughs> but you got to admit, though, Ugh. the whole thing with the creature in the daytime and the nighttime was. It, I mean, I understand. Okay, you know, they want to get a, they want to get the fuck out of there, you know, because the shit's going to break in. But at the same time, dude, that's ridiculous, man. It's fucking yeah, nighttime. But dude, it, put like, yourself this into is, that situation. This is what kind of bugs me about stuff like that. Obviously, it's a bit silly like i'm not i wouldn't leave the house like i would stay in the house that's the logical thing to do but when we talk about like i I think it's hinted at the fact that like these guys are out in the daytime they're hiking around and when it starts to get night or when it gets night that's when the creature attacks yeah because the creature has a tactical advantage at night because it's a it's a killing hunting machine that's what i'm saying it it fucking hunts and feeds at nighttime so why not try to fucking you know uh, you know, make it through the night inside the house, and then during the day, take your chances to run the fuck out of there. It's only logical. 
Who the fuck would ever try to escape there at nighttime? It makes no sense. Yeah, it's but ridiculous. dude, like if you if we're gonna talk about it's stuff so like ridiculous. that, like why do the people go down in the mines in my bloody Valentine? It's so ridiculous. Why would they ever do like? Obviously, dude, we're dealing with horror. But there was films. no They're danger so in my silly. bloody Valentine at that time. They were just going down there to fucking no show. danger. It's a mine, dude. It's a mine at nighttime. I'm pretty yeah, sure dude, that's the definition of danger, <laughs> dude. No, it's, it's not. It's, what, it's completely it's different. Silly. There's a. They know that there's a creature out there. It's so fucking different. You're inside a house. There's a creature in the night. When you're going down to the mine in my bloody Valentine, there's no actual fucking hazard except for it being in a mine. <laughs> There's no creature fucking okay, supposedly okay, hunting you. I, I'm, I'm saying You're taking that chance. But in this fact, dude, in this story, there's a fucking goddamn creature out there. And I hate the scenes where the fucking I hate to use it, but the gay guy, he's fucking looking through binoculars and he's like, dude, seriously, are those things infrared? What the fuck? Are you kidding me, man? How the fuck can he see anything? Yeah, that, that so was a little that was a little ridiculous. Silly. But seriously, Take your chances inside yeah. the cabin, and the but way like even presented like the story is that this thing feeds at night. So take your chances during the day. They were fine during the day, and they were right but, next but, to the goddamn thing. But not even that. It's like time. even when the girl with the big boobies was like, "Oh, we should go upstairs and lock ourselves in a room." And it's like, really? Because she's the Are you only, that fucking she's the only fucking good character in the film. She's the best character and the most strongest and awesome character in the film. But she's, she's the only one that's good. But she's stupid. No, she's Why? not stupid. She, Why would you go up and block yourself in a room? What happened if it breaks through? Then you're then you're all that's dead. What I would have did. See, that just shows you how differently people think when they're. It's high stress, dude. It's high stress environments. Like the, people don't act logically in these situations, man. Maybe some crazy motherfucker would want to go out there at night. Yeah, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. But guess what? Everybody isn't you or me. They're pretty fucking stupid, actually. A lot of people are stupid in the world. There's a lot of dumb people. And you know what? A lot of dumb people don't know that they're dumb. So they'll do stupid, crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, we can probably agree on it that, you know, taking your chances at nighttime, probably not the best idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it here. before. Let's not pretend like this shit doesn't happen all the time in horror films. It's all this shit time. happens so much. And ex- next time we talk I about know. some of these slashers, which I But love this is going too. back to like the, you know like kind of the original point that I think we were kind of getting at is that the movie is bringing nothing new to the table. It's kind of cliched. Yeah, it doesn't This is really what we're going to get. This is what we're going to get. This is what we're going to get. But I I mean, I I enjoyed it, man. I I had fun with this one like I like it to uh, beneath. Like I've, I had a, a similar type of enjoyment. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes. Yeah, the characters are kind of bad. I like, I liked some of them. I, I thought the cast was pretty good for a film like this. You know, you have um, the guy from Prison Break. He was a little over the top and stuff, but I, I like him. Um, Kiki Palmer. I thought she was pretty hot and stuff. She was cool. Uh, I actually thought that the gay guy's story. Um, was interesting. Like I thought, yeah, that it was another level to, that kind of to, to the thing. I, I, oh I didn't either. God. I really didn't. I absolutely loathed it. The first time I watched it, and the second time I watched <laughs> it, I laughed out loud and loathed it even more. I think it's completely. Oh, what's dude, wrong with it's it? So it's so fucking stupid. This is bad <laughs> writing. This is a bad. They could have thrown anything in there to write into that script, and they chose that. Part. It's something it that has I haven't to, really but it's seen. Stere- it's stereotypical. Yeah, it's stereotypical it because he's gay. That's why they threw that in there. What? What do you About, mean? It's it's stereotypical. Of it because it's sexual. 
I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that that was. They couldn't throw anything other twist in there that that he he was in love with somebody. Exactly, dude. They couldn't have thrown something in there that that didn't have to do with something sexual. You know, it just seems so obvious, man. That when it came out, I was like, fuck. I was like, are you okay to stir up the pot with with the characters? They couldn't have had something else like. Oh, you know, by the way, I fucking, you know, something else rather but, than but normally sexual that's, okay, and let's, her boyfriend. Let's, like, let's seriously, they, I thought it was so fucking stupid. Let's change him. Okay, he's not gay. He's a regular heteros- heterosexual male who's dating Kiki Palmer. And then the female comes out and says, hey, me and him were actually in love. I think uh, you see that all the time in horror films. Like, I just thought it was a little different to do it this way. And that's what that stuff always stirs the pot, right? That's what they always go to is like, yeah, but dude, is like you the characters were the situational where, timing of this. Why would he ever tell her that? Because he thought he was gonna die. Yeah, it doesn't. He says, but, "I don't have any other time to tell you." Yeah, yeah. but he could. But no, okay, this is my point. He could tell her that he had a gay crush on her boyfriend. That's fine. He <laughs> didn't have to fucking <laughs> tell. He didn't have to fucking tell them. The girlfriend and the sister mm-hmm. that the brother was mutual. That's fucking bullshit. It's Why? So he was stupid. gay with them. They were in love. It's fucking bullshit. It's and it, not. It's just such garbage. I hated it so much. I'm sticking to it. I thought it was bullshit. I, everything about that was stupid. And I, it, this has nothing it, to yeah, do with – Yeah, okay. It know, is stupid on a certain level. But it's stupid anytime they do this type of shit. And I feel like – that, that it was at least done in a way that no, I, I wasn't expecting. I would have been. I would. It would have been so much better if it would have been something so stupid like, you know, I fucking, you know, I I copied your test on it. Whatever, something so <laughs> minor and stupid. But this fucking your boyfriend had a gay like was in love with me. Seriously, no, man. they were in at that moment in time. As- I, if I was her, I wouldn't have said you're an asshole. I would have walked over and punched him in the fucking teeth. You're a dick. It made it was it just made a piece of shit out of him. Maybe that general just stole me, his balls. You mean to fucking he tell me he was holding that if, this if, secret for a long time that he was in a in a loving relationship with somebody who had a girlfriend. Okay, he probably had these emotions as if like, oh, he wasn't even out of the closet yet, and he had to die with that. And, you know, like, I love it so much. Dead. Stuff he's like dead that. now. It doesn't need to be told. You don't have to hurt her feelings. That's all he did. That wasn't his intentions. That was not his intentions. Exactly, because he's an asshole. He doesn't think anything. He doesn't think. Dude, the guy almost died feel. two seconds later. I think he's not He's not thinking asshole. about other people. He's thinking about himself. He feels like he needs to get this off his chest before he dies. Mm-hmm. It's all selfish. It's all selfish. He's not. Okay, he's but not, some he, people he are selfish. That's okay. Some people are selfish in moments like that. That's natural. Yeah. Fuck that shit, man. That was fucking <laughs> stupid as shit to me, man. Okay, speaking of shitty ass fucking stupid characters, uh, Douglas, yeah, raging fucking pussy. By the way, this guy acts so damn tough in the film, but he's really just a raging pussy. When Buddy tied him up to the the stairwell, I actually started laughing. I was like, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to be tied up. That guy was a piece of shit, though, man. He was like, he why the fuck didn't you open up the door? He's because. like looking through. Dude, they were banging. Uh, they were- let's get her. 
go, 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 go. They were literally banging on the door for so long that uh-huh. people had time to conversate, and he's not opening up the door. Obviously, the creature is not there. Open up the fucking yeah. door. Let well, he doesn't. He doesn't want to help him. Why does the guy in Cube start turning on motherfuckers? High stress. I know, he's a bad person. You know, but, but he's you know a bad a person. Fact, but you know for a fact this is just not going to end up well for yourself, though. You well, have we the time know, to help we these guys. know because we've seen many, many, many movies, and they tend to not cater to mm, the bad guy. But I'm not going into that. I'm not in, going into that. No. In situations, the bad guy wins sometimes. Okay, so the bad guy doesn't think that it's going to come back on him. He feels like this. Uh, this is the right thing to do in his. Oh my god! You're actually defending that piece of shit. What do you mean? I'm. I'm not defend. Like, no, he's. A, he's Dude, a bad person. Suck. What he are you talking? I man. was never defending him. I was defending saying, the character motivations. Okay, I, I. I don't know, man. Oh God, he. Fuck you, that guy just pissed me off the whole movie. Just <laughs> yeah, he's the bad guy. He's supposed to do that. <laughs> but I, I, but I'd love how like, oh my god, like, I like have... when there's a bad guy. I like when there's you know. But there's no need for it though, man. This Why guy not? doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be playing the devil's advocate like in the situations like oh, I'm going to do this shit this way. Fucking blah blah blah. But it's like always a bad guy in these type of. He films. was a bad and, guy though. What he did. But the situation is so simple. You just you have to work as a team. Like there's if you throw a bad guy into there, it's like why? What are you trying to accomplish? You're not going to fucking accomplish anything. It's so unbelievable. Was a bad it's guy unbelievable. Died of a living dead. You know it's just, yeah. I, he's exactly. he's like Cooper in the basement in Night exactly. of the Living Dead. But he's the I'm bad not guy. Defending, I'm not defending Co- Cooper's a piece of shit. Yeah. Okay. He made, he made my top ten piece of shit in cinema. He's supposed to. And, be a piece I, of and shit. I think Douglas might make that fucking list now too. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And he's not black, Jeremy. He's uh, Mexican. Mexican. Thank you. Yeah. I guess he didn't go to my um, school because I only had four black people. So maybe I don't know what <laughs> black people look like. <laughs> I don't but know. No, I, I'm totally, totally with you in terms of. This film is not well done in terms of characters, in terms of plot, in terms of the narrative. But it, to me, what it is, it's like what Beneath was. Yeah, there's tons of holes and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's a fun creature feature with a bunch of people holed up in a house, which I love those films. Siege narratives are my favorite. I love when there's people outside trying to get in and they're trying to defend themselves. And overall, I thought that there was a few character shifts in the film that i wasn't expecting i was a little bit surprised with some of the things that happened and at the end of the day i was i was i liked that yeah and so since we've uh managed to accomplish um the last you know four hours of talking about the bad things in the film um there is good things there is good things in this film um <laughs> i totally expected to come into this one talking about why all the pro- like all the problems I ended up defending it. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I know because that that's what you do. You're an asshole. Um, but no, but honestly, there is a lot of good things about this movie, and one of them is that it looks awesome. It looks really good. I thought it was shot really well. Um, the outside shots, the inside shots were shot well. There's one scene inside the cabin which I thought was fucking outstanding. It's a great panning shot. You have about five or six of the characters standing around. And the camera literally pans throughout the whole cabin, and it's kind of it's kind of subtle, you know. It's real slow, and it's just so fucking effective because you can hear the shit outside, and it's just it's shot beautifully, man. It's really well done. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but mm. I, I thought it was awesome. It, it it literally panned the windows 
real slow and it's just and as it's panning you can see the characters following the camera i just thought there was a ton of wood that for those window windows but you, okay, you guys didn't notice. I didn't know. No, this I is did, probably what happens notice. when you watch the film twice. I started to notice a yeah. lot of things like this. I started looking at shots, and it was really, really well done. And um, I, I, yeah, man. I mean, the creature I thought looked fantastic. I mean, I'm a sucker for practical effects, so yeah, you know, non CG creature. Um, I, I love the look of it, man. It was kind of like a combination, like I said, a rodent and like a human. Uh, it was weird looking. It was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. I wish um, I would have got some backstory about it, though. I didn't no, see, and, I didn't and actually, really Jeremy, Jeremy, one. Jeremy, I completely don't want backstory because, okay, this is the way I look at it, and I thought about this when I was watching the film. Uh-huh. There's no need for backstory because there's no way to input the backstory. You have a bunch of random characters that are terrorized by a creature that locked themselves in a ba- in, in a house. You got another five characters that are out there. Where's the backstory come in? But I thought How that's why backstory? backstory would come from one of the military guys knocking on the door, and I didn't want that. No, but I think no, that's why. But they don't like... incorporate that, which is awesome. You don't need a backstory because it makes it awesome, because it's just a it's just a creature. All right, it's awesome. Yeah. But they so do you don't hint need one. at the backstory from the military backpack. That's what I was thinking. Maybe exactly. Like, maybe but that's like all you get. That's all you get, and it's nice. There's something obviously going on there, but you don't know what the story is. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's and, open and for interpretation. Also, is what it is because of one of the later plot twists. You know that it's not just a random occurrence yeah. of yeah. A, something morphing into something else or some that, Bigfoot type thing. So that's that's how they told us the backstory was just that quick shot of the military bag. Yeah. So that's what they did. So that's all you need to know, which I, I which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys uh, this: Did you like Beneath better than this? Um, <laughs> what did I give Beneath? <laughs> I don't know. Um. I, I actually, I, don't know. I actually thought that the uh, the fish in beneath was was better than the practical effects in this one. I know nobody wants to agree on the fish from beneath is awesome, but I liked it. Um, I never really try. I never thought about the comparison, but no, I, I'm going to say I like the creature better in this, to be honest. But you know, just at a yeah. I mean, I like the boat. I was I honestly like, wasn't as high on it as you. I did like it. I thought it was very fitting. It was definitely good. I, I'm not saying it wasn't, that it wasn't. bad. Um, what I just, what, one it, thing I thought was interesting about the oh, – sorry. Go ahead. It, it just seemed a little too basic. Not enough – like just not enough pop on, on the design. Like it looked mm-hmm. good. I'm, I'm with you on that. But I, just nothing that really stood out. I actually thought it was kind of cool, man. If you look closely, you could see like random hairs like on the shoulders. and uh-huh. There was a lot of detail in what they did. You know – for as much as they shown, like I mean, I, I guess you see it more at the end when yeah. I'm not gonna ruin anything, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this one reminded me of <laughs> Beneath, essentially. You know, just in a way, did. like you know, how, how the characters kind of have this beef, and uh-huh. there's a creature attacking them, and it's kind of internal battle too. And I thought it was kind of interesting that. You know, Beneath was a film that we'd reviewed as a group, and you know, this one is kind of similar. It, it, it made for chiller. It was kind of weird. You know, <coughs> you know, totally kind of different films, but I like the boats this, better than the cabin. Essentially, the same thing. Um, I, I find the boat setting a little more frightening because it's water. Yeah. You yeah. Know? 
you know, so like with land, you're on land, you could probably try and escape. If you're on the water, there's really nowhere to go. You can't outswim anything. Nobody yeah. can outswim anything. Not even Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is watching beneath going, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't beat that fucking fish. There's no way. Even with my 19,000 calories today, there's no fucking way I have the energy to beat that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I really enjoyed about this, another thing I enjoyed about this film, I should say, not one thing. I really like the kind of the unpredictability of the character's demises. Yeah, I don't know if you that's, guys got that's, that, but well, that's honestly, kind of what I touched on about character there was shifts a leader. and things like there that. There was a leader here. There yeah. was a fucking leader, and I was expecting a little more, and what I got was the opposite, and it was awesome. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. I thought yeah. it was so fantastic. Like stuff like that. And, that, and when that happened, it made me more intrigued in the film. I was like, that's fucking awesome that they did that, because... I thought this was going to be a run of the mill type creature feature. And you know, you can, you know, when you open up in these type of films, sometimes you can look at the characters and go, he's going to die first yeah. because he's probably well, kind of knew he was going to live. And then, the and then, you know, this guy's, you know, this guy's going to fucking survive and this guy's going to die second. Cause he's the Joker and blah, blah, blah. You know, it mm-hmm. goes on, but it was a little different, you know? Um, you, you know, one thing that really, really always, always annoys me in films is when two characters are running, one falls down and says, I can't go on. That's not the bad part. The bad part is is when you have character A say, no, no, we got to go. Come on, you can get up, you can get up. And then 10 minutes later, the character that was saying that is the one on the ground and someone else is trying to make them go. That drives me crazy because you're supposed to be the strong one who's telling people, come on, come on, come on, come on, we got to go. And then you do it. I hate it. Don't do that in your films. Don't do it in general either way. Because it's kind of annoying and it's played out. We've seen it like a million, million bajillion times. <laughs> you know, just get up and go or don't. I don't yeah, know. yeah. But yeah, yeah. don't don't pull a role reversal in that situation because that's just annoying. Yeah, I, I, I movies. I'm. I don't know, man. I didn't even know that that Joey Loren Adams was in the film until I started watching it. And you know, when they get to the cabin, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I like her a lot. She's Joy Loren Adams is in the film. I was like, that's fucking crazy. I like chasing it. I like I've said. I think I've said on here, chasing Amy is my favorite Kevin Smith film. So yeah, I didn't she's even know that she, I didn't even know that she was in the film, and I was like, that's awesome, kind of cool. And you know, but she's very quiet in the film. To be honest, she only yeah. has like a few lines. It's actually really weird that you know I kind of looked into it after, and it's like you know. Uh, animal starring Joey Loren Adams. I was like, what the fuck? Seriously, that, that's a kick in the face. Especially for the Mandy character. I, I can't remember what her real name is. Oh, but, she got uh, big boobies. That's fine because it's called Big Booby Girl. Yeah, she's actually quite good looking, man. She's kind of got that. She's not a uh, skinny girl. She's not fat or anything. She's got she's big flies, good. though. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I thought she was really good. I kind of looked her up after, but I was like, wow. Um, but I liked her character, though, man. She's I a thought Nick she was star. Awesome. You know that, right? She's a what? She's a Nick prodigy oh i don't know that no well now i just ruined it for you right <laughs> i guess so <clears throat> but it's uh, the truth no i i thought that she was I, th- I liked her character in the film i honestly liked her because she never really changed and she never she was always kind of in control of everything and she I, in my opinion she was the strongest character in the film and i guess this well i don't want to say that but i don't want to give anything away but uh i liked her i liked her did you guys like her because I loved her. Uh, I thought she was I awesome. I liked her. She was cool. Yeah, she was, she was all right. Like I yeah. said, she's a Nick star, so I can't really look at her boobies and be like, oh. <laughs> what, are you, I, I, what are you actually saying? I can't 
Nick, Nick. she's from Nickelodeon. Oh, like in Nickelodeon. Why? Like, why? It must be Jeremy's southern accent or something. <laughs> she was Wait. born in 1993. Yeah? So, okay. what's wrong with her? She's a Nick star. You, I don't know. Maybe because I grew up watching Nick that... So did I. Yeah. Well, can you see... I don't know. There's been really I grew up Nick watching shows. Danielle Fischel on Boy Meets World, and she was hot when I was a kid, and Sound she's still hot. Tracked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, anyways, you guys you have anything else to add to the film? Because... I don't know, man. I think we covered the good and the bad. I think there's definitely... A little rundown here. We got uh, some plot holes mixed up with some good practical effects. Not really bring a whole lot new to the genre at all. It, it's decent I mean, characters. It, it doesn't even the do the siege normal. narrative that well. They they, they mm-hmm. really kind of they don't really do well with the siege narrative. But I do like the no. siege narrative. So yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much said what I have to say. I mean, honestly, my biggest my biggest beef with the film, though, was the stupid-ass lazy writing about the brother and sister arguing apparently for hours from day to night. And the gay guy. <laughs> and no one intervenes and been like, hey, guys, seriously, like, honestly, how bad was this conversation? Like, they, they were so I might have to re-watch it because it did not bug me at all. I didn't even – like, I noticed it. I was like – I was Dude, like, watch well, they should probably it's, leave. It's very, very noticeable. I noticed it the first time and the second time around. It actually got on my – on my nerves i was like what the f- that that's stupid it's lazy it's just lazy writing and it it kind of well, i don't me, but- know why they like well you're saying that they could have done this or that honestly they could have just made it to no, just have a different scenario just have a different scenario to keep them out there don't have an argument apparently why, last why do they hours. even need to have something like they're the one of them fall and hurt their leg to to do that why not just say that yeah we're gonna hike back at the in, at night you know like why is that so crazy Take some flashlights. Oh, we're going to go way out here, but it's going to be dark by the time we get back. Like, well, that would because that was our whole concern. It's like we need to get back before dark because well, – Well, why? Like, the thing is – I mean you're no, talking about script the, writing. You don't no, need it's to do because that it, in general. No, it's because they were unfamiliar with the, with the territory. They, they said that. Well, make them familiar. That they wanted to get back before fucking dark because they didn't know their way I, back. I understand, they didn't want to get lost. I understand what happened in the movie, but I'm saying why couldn't it just – to begin with, instead of finding some reason for them to stay out there – just make it to where they planned on walking back in the dark. It's more believable than them sitting I don't know, it's a until movie. it got nighttime. <laughs> no, I'm asking you, doesn't that make more sense? Whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, I guess it does, but whatever. But I'm just saying, come on. For what we got here, come on. Seriously, an argument for that long? That's stupid. <laughs> You're so set on this argument. It's funny. <laughs> because it's fucking lazy and it's so stupid writing. It's so stupid. At least you, have someone fall like down a goddamn cliff. This episode and and you want to know, know, fall- know what's even more stupid? Associate producers. I'm just fucking with you, JP. <laughs> I'm just you saying, mean you're fucking with me and Boots. He was on my side. <laughs> or, you know, something rather. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Whatever. I think I'm pretty much accomplished what I wanted to talk about on this. Um, one thing we didn't touch on, I thought the acting in the film was actually pretty good, you know, for a TV film. Anybody it was so-so so for me. I mean, I, I, I've seen the uh, I, the guy who played Doug. Like, I've seen him in Prison Break, and he was awesome. Mandy was the best. She I didn't was the think best he was that good. I, but everybody else I thought was pretty solid. I just I thought, thought Mandy, Doug kind of overdone it a little bit. Yeah, I thought Mandy was fantastic in the film. I thought she was really believable. So, 
Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I will add though, there was one holy shit moment in the film to do with a clubbing, and I'll leave it at that. Yep. That actually. What a douchebag. That's why I said he was a made dick. Me go, holy of that. fuck. I was like, damn. <laughs> fucking asshole. I was like, damn, that shit was fucked up. So that was kind of cool. Um, anything else? Last words? Nope. I'm good. Got my turn. Good. Wow, JP doesn't want the last word. That's a fucking first. <laughs> Just bugging you, buddy. Come on. Just bugging you. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> ratings. No, it journey. feels like. I, I always go first. Why you I know, go first. Go first. first. You like why. getting your rating first. That's actually. why. Okay. Six out of ten. Okay, so I'm next. And I do like Beneath better. And I, I, I liked comparing them while I was watching them because, you know, like Mood said, they kind of feel similar in, in tone and, and kind of the way that, the you know, it's a creature feature, stuff like that. Um, but I'm still going to give this one a seven out of ten. Interesting. Six, seven. <laughs> well, I actually came sandwiched between this uh, this Mexican Jew sandwich. Um, I've been six and, a, six and a half out of ten. That's where I have it. So That's probably the most appropriate rating. I kind of I factored in really, my personal enjoyment. To be honest, I really enjoyed the film. There was just certain aspects of it that I thought were so stupid. I mean, let's not pretend the like fucking, a six and a half isn't art- a good rating. Like, that's a no, good no, no. rating. No, dude. I, watched, I actually had you know... I liked it enough to watch it a second time. Basically, is what happened. So, I just wanted to pick up more things, but I thought it was fun. It was, it was it, honestly, it's one of the better chiller films I've seen. Mm-hmm. And mad props for not CG and the fucking creature man and the blood and all that bullshit. But okay, I'll give it all the credit in the world. It's a TV film. The argument, whatever. <laughs> I'll let it pass, guys. I'll let it fucking pass. Whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's fun. I actually recommend this movie. I think a lot of people will have a lot of fun with this one. I know Matt was a big fan of it. So yeah, it seems uh, right on Matt's alley. I know actually. Zach fucking hated. It. He told me he fucking hated this movie. Well, then the Zach is probably going to be like, "Yeah, moods." <laughs> <laughs> For real, it felt like I like you were like on a mo- like like it felt like a like a me ranty thing going on there. Well, it's because we started with the bad and I wanted to get into the good and I wanted to point out things I loved. I thought some of the, the cinematography was awesome. The way it was shot. I don't know if you guys caught on to it, but it was really well done. I can't say that I would like anything, but that's probably the fact that, you know, I rewatched and I started picking out things, but honestly that shot inside the cabin was, it was really well done. Really, really well done. The way they panned in it was one shot. Like, I mean, it's awesome the way they did it, man. Like it I said, awesome. the only thing I I noticed with the you know way that it was filmed was the the terrible attempt at a jump scare where, um, which was actually bad cinematography. So that's um, just editing. Yeah. It, well, it's it is editing. Yeah. I right. think that's definitely editing. But, but so it, it was also the the um, placement of the shot. So it kind of had to do with like the the actual like director of photography, like where the shot was placed and how it, how it cut, like the cutting is the, the editing, but they still had to place the actors for the jump. Cause it was in the center of them. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious the way that they placed the placement of the characters, the marks. Mm-hmm. So basically what it comes down to for me, uh, with these films by Brett Simmons, Husk, the monkey's paw and animal, 
Um, this one sits right in the middle for me. So I highly recommend you guys check out Husk. It's my favorite one so far. You know, I heard Brett Husk, Simmons Animal, on Monkey's Paw. Monkey's Paw, I actually don't care for, to be honest. But what's that? I, I heard Brett Simmons on a podcast way back in like 2011-ish um, where he was actually promoting Husk. <clears throat> and he sounded like a nice guy. And, you know, it was cre- Husk was created from a short and stuff. And he was really happy that it got picked up by the uh, – yeah, after yeah, dark or whatever so yeah i mean <clears throat> i had no idea that he even directed all three of those films uh but that's cool i mean hopefully we get to see more from him because he's definitely in like you know he's got a lot to learn but uh out of the two films that i've seen there's definitely some potential there <clears throat> yeah yeah Alrighty, so that's gonna do it for a main feature review of animal from 2014 the chiller classic <laughs> it was okay it was good it was fun it was fun it was fun so that's gonna do it for episode 45 of the 22 shots of moods and horror yeah jeremy you want to take us out of here all right thank you everybody for listening to the 45th episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast always if you want to follow man moods himself you can just write youtube.com slash mood 616 or you're watching this on his youtube channel please click the subscribe button down below as always you can follow jp aka the man who hates people herman over at his channel at youtube.com slash double shot j and also you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nes rule 22 if you have any questions you can email us at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com that's 22 shots of moods a and d horror at gmail.com and if you want to follow us on twitter you could do so at 22 shots podcast and if you want to leave us a voicemail, please do so and get those voicemails in for the prizes on episode 50. That's 724-426-6665. And tell us what you think is the most influential horror film of all time. And that will be uh, used, hopefully, in the future episode. So that should do it, guys. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to the 45th episode of 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with 1974's Dead Centerfold Girls.